Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And this is episode 135, or 135, or 135, or XVX. See, uh, <laughs> what, would the, what would the Roman numerals be? I've never been good at Roman numerals. I can do any number under 10. What is C? The Roman numeral C. Is that 100 or is that 1,000? Is W one? Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, this is uh, yeah, episode one thirty five. Uh, on the guest, on the guest today. <laughs> Fuck. Try this again. On the show today is Sung. S-U-N-G, and he makes cool music. I've played a bunch of tracks on the show before because they're good, and you will like them because they're good. And what else? And then we're going to do all the regular stuff. We'll catch up with Florence. We'll keep it 80s with Marco after last week's absence. And, of course, we'll uh, listen to cool music. So how about we do some of that right now? Got a cool track here from someone called Airds. A-E-R-D-S. Airds. That's a tricky one. Anyway, it's a cool track. It's called Deadline by Airds.
And that was Deadline by Airds. A-E-R-D-S. So if you think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, you get in touch with me and say, Andy, you're saying it wrong, and I'll be like, okay. All right, listen, guys. Beyond Synth is brought to you by Zencaster for podcasters. And Zencaster is a program I use to record the interviews on the show. And if uh, you do a podcast or you're starting a podcast, I highly suggest you check out Zencaster because it's incredibly useful and it's a really good program. What it is, you use it to record interviews with people who live in different places, you know, where you might ordinarily do that with Skype. But Zencaster is higher quality and it automatically records the audio from the source. So, you know, you're talking to someone from England, you hit record, it's actually recording their audio from their side of the conversation and then it uploads it to your Dropbox where you can then get the um, the full streams and um, if you sign up to Zencaster and you use the promo code beyond synth I think that's all one word in capital letters B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-Y-N-T-H you can get 20% off and actually I just discovered there's another, <laughs> there's another thing you can do which is ridiculous I was uh, recording with Florence for her catching up segment and if you use the paid service of Zencaster you can also add in background music and sound effects that you can upload your own custom ones you can activate them on the fly so if you you know if you want to do a podcast and you want to do like a radio style show with you know like sound drops and stuff you can actually set it up to do that stuff and then it will record them as part of the uh, the audio stream with your show so it's really cool and everyone hears it so for example when I was recording with Florence I saw that there was a rim shot sound effect default and so I would say a joke and then I would press the button and then she would hear it too right so it really creates that sense that sort of like radio show vibe and so I highly recommend checking out Zencaster and using the promo code beyond synth because then they will continue to sponsor my show if people uh, actually use the promo code so don't forget Zencaster it's the easiest way to record your podcast in studio quality sign up using the coupon code beyond synth to receive 20% off and that's Zencaster.com, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. And also, Beyond Synth is brought to you by Retro Revolutions. My buddy Jared, man, he does cool stuff. He mods old systems and makes cool things. He does, like, electronic stuff and uh, cool custom consoles and things for people. You can check out his YouTube channel. It's Retro Revolutions. You can check it out on Twitter at Retro Faith Games. And he also has an Instagram now. I think it's retro underscore revolutions. It's really cool stuff. Uh, I suggest you check it out. Give it a like. Follow him on Instagram and on Twitter. It's just really cool. He's been a great sponsor for Beyond Synth. And he makes cool things. And he will be making something for me at some point. And he's currently working on something for Marco. So he does. He just does fun stuff. He did a consoleized uh, PSP where he turned a PSP into a console by rewiring it. And you can see those videos uh, on the YouTube page. And he's working on a thing for Marco right now, which is, I believe, a PlayStation, but it's like inside a boombox. And it's also going to have, I think, like a RetroPie in there for, for classic gaming and stuff. It's just He just makes cool things, right? They're fun. And uh, he plays, uh, you know, synthwave music and there's a synthwave connection. He's working on a thing for Calyx as well. So go check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube, Retro Faith Games on Twitter, and Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. Okay, guys, let's listen to some more music. This is a cool track by a group called Dream System 8. And it's a nice little song. I like this one. This is Shine a Little Light. (laughs) 
And that was Shine a Little Light by Dream System 8. And that's a cool track. And you can, of course, check out all the artists who are featured on Beyond Synth. Just go to the More Info section on SoundCloud where I post the episodes. I'm also posting episodes to YouTube as well. So the YouTube will be getting the back catalog of Beyond Synth episodes. So the same thing there. Just click on the Info button if you're on YouTube or on SoundCloud. And then you can see all the artists' links. So you can easily check them out on their social media and follow them and uh, pick up their music and stuff. It's a cool thing to do. And I forgot to mention that that's track, that's track, fuck, <laughs> was brought to you by my awesome Patreon Pattersons. Uh, there's my buddies in the 25 Club. There's Chris Dance, Gregorio Franco, and Clint Dowling. Technically, Clint Dowling gives 2501, so I think that makes him slightly better than the other guys. But of course, the bottom line is that um, these guys are incredibly generous, and I thank you for your support of Beyond Synth. And of course, there is the lovely Jacob Wick with the 2288, and the lovely Frank Skinnicky with the 1987, and the lovely Chris Lyalane with the 1111. Thank you guys for supporting Beyond Synth. Of course, you can support Beyond Synth too. Go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth and let's keep the lights on in the Beyond Synth studio. Each lamp here costs like 500 bucks and there are two lamps. So that's really the main thing with the Patreon is like this lamp. I mean, it needs power. I mean, what the hell would you do? All right, you're walking around, you need a fucking lamp. And it's like, oh, sorry, sir, like lamps are $500. And I'm like, well, fuck. So I had to start this Patreon because obviously I can't do the show in the dark. You know, thankfully, uh, that seems to be working out. But I would love to get a few more lamps. I don't know how much lamps cost in your country, but over here, they're $500. And they burn out after about 200 hours of use. And you think like, well, 200 hours seems like a long time. But then think about how many hours there are in a month. And if you're in the studio like four or five hours a day, I mean, it adds up. But how about this? Let's listen to another track, and then we will go catch up with Florence Bullock. How about that? So here's a cool song by some dude called Knight, and the I is a 1. So it's like (laughs) K-N-1-G-H-T. G-H-T. It's Knight off the album Reboot, and this track is called Reboot. Thank you. 
And that was Reboot by Night K-N-1-G-H-T. That is a cool song. That, of, uh, that is a blah, 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 blah. That is, of course, brought to you by my lovely Patreon Pattersons and the $10 Club. These people donate uh, 10 bucks a month to the Beyond Synth Patreon. There's Colin Bennett, Winfield, Will Lowe, Joshua Evison, fucking slugs! Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Mike Shima, Playmaker Media. Oh, shit. Okay. If you've been listening to the show for the past few months, I've always been calling this guy Mirat Ogut because he never told me how to pronounce his name. Well, he sent in some audio that is a robot pronouncing his name. So now I'm going to officially correct myself because that is what good people do. When they realize they've made a mistake, they rectify that mistake. So here is how this is what the robot sounds like. Murat. 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 Okay, so that's how it's said. So it is not Murat. It's Murat. Murat. Now, the next part is the tricky part, because I've been saying, Oh, cute. But the robot seems to think it's... Oot. <laughs> Oot. <laughs> Maybe I'll just call you Murat. Is that okay? I don't know if I can do this last part. <laughs> Oot. Oot. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at the name. I'm la- just. That's a strange sound for an English person to make, Oot. is the point I'm trying to say. Oot. Is that we have no word. <laughs> unless you get, like, punched in the dick, where, <laughs> where you would go, oot. <laughs> like it's. Oot. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I need to make that absolutely clear. It's just. There are certain sounds in certain languages oot. that are difficult for other languages to say, and oot is one of them for me. So we'll just go with Murat from now on, and thank you very much for your support of Beyond Synth. Uh, you're a cool guy, and I, I do appreciate it. I don't know if I can do the oot, Murat, oot, 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 Murat, oot, oot. I hope you're enjoying this, buddy. Uh, I really do. All right, well, let's catch up with Florence Bullock. And before we do, I just got to remind you that there are spoilers ahead for Black Mirror Season 2. And I do have to acknowledge that there are also spoilers for Game of Thrones. Now, the thing is, they're not particularly spoilery spoilers. We, We do end up talking about the new season of Game of Thrones sort of off-topic, kind of. And we're not really giving away specific spoilers, but we do talk about characters, and so, technically speaking, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, we don't necessarily say how characters are dead, but we do name some characters that are in the final season, which could technically be a spoiler, because then you know that those characters don't die until the season that just happened so they are spoilers but it's not like spoilers like remember when john jackson fucking stabbed noodle boxworth or whatever like we don't say spoilers like that uh we basically just talk about characters that we wanted to see and we interactions we like it's mostly me going on a rant basically so i'm just warning you now there's some game of thrones mild kind of spoilers and uh also spoilers for black mirror season two okay let's catch up with Florence now. We're getting caught up. 
right. Well, you know what time it is. Uh, it's time for me to chat with Florence. We're going to catch up on some stuff. Yep. I'm back. <laughs> I like uh, throwing to people in weird ways because they never know how to respond. Did did I sound like I didn't know how to respond? You even sounded like you didn't know how to respond there. <laughs> Let's keep this up for the whole show. Just like I never, I never know how to respond. I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. So listen, last week we talked about um, that was a very Canadian about just now. I'm going to retake it. Last week we talked about Black Mirror season one. And uh, I thought maybe we would just uh, catch up and talk about Black Mirror Season 2. Why not? Yeah, sure. You know, we're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you having a good week? Yeah, pretty much. How were your, your Christmas holidays anyways? I know it's like I'm asking this like three weeks later, but uh, were they good? Um, I spent Christmas in New York and it was really fucking cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to be back in LA because it's really warm here. Mm. I was outside with a short sleeves on today it was great nice well i was outside and it was like negative 30 degrees and uh, my apartment is so cold because there's a few windows that like aren't sealed properly oh that's not good just put your hand near them and it just it's like a a fan it just feels like just like streams of just freezing cold air just like shooting at me and literally i have a space heater right next to me (laughs) and it's not warming me up it is next to me like it's not even a what I'm trying to say is it's cold in my apartment. <laughs> Does the heat work? What's what's going on? Well, sort of a weird situation. Mm-hmm. I live in an apartment, but the th- we don't control the thermostat. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so... The government in does. My, right? In my office <laughs> at work, we have the same concept. We do not control the thermostat. Um, we have to call into like the facilities off- department for them to change any temperature. So actually we had... Um, this was like a few months ago now, but we were basically living in like a frozen wasteland. Mm. It was, okay, 50-something degrees Fahrenheit... I don't know what that is in Celsius. It was cold. Sure. Just believe me that it was very freezing and I was wearing like a million layers and I had, um, I had to like borrow, we usually don't need space heaters, but I had to borrow a space heater from another office. Luckily, like a coworker just like let me their space heater and my boss actually had gotten me and my other coworker electric blankets. So like I was covered in an electric blanket and it was, oh God, it was so terrible because like I if I'm freezing, like- I thought you worked in IT. Isn't there like some nerd down there who can just hack the heat? <laughs> I wish. The old heat hacker? <laughs> heat hacker Jack. Rated R. No, I wish. I guess uh, the people who work in my office are not really good with such things. But anyway, but yeah, it was it was like a few days of that, and it, it it turned out like the facilities guys had to like go in and like something was broken, and they had to switch something up, and finally they they got it back to like to relatively normal. But it was it was an awful few days. I don't understand though, because it's always hot. So are you saying like just in your building they just had like the AC cranked too high? Like was it yep. still was yeah. it still hot yeah. if you walked outside? Oh yeah, no, it was it was a lot warmer outside. Mm. But yeah, we you know we have to be in our office the entire time, so it was it was fun. This is something I've thought about because our weather right now is we're vacillating between these two extremes. I think I'm using vacillating correctly. And am I vacillate? I think to vacillate means to bounce between two points. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, define. Well. Vacillate. I hope I'm spelling it right. Vacillate. All right, let's see. Alternate or waver between different opinions or actions. 
Yeah, to good. be indecisive. Good. So I did use it right. All right. So yeah, it vacillates it. between, uh, you know, extreme heat and extreme cold. So like right now it's super cold. Our summers now, especially in Toronto and just with like the humidity, like there are days where it's been so hot I couldn't go outside because of the humidity. Like it's like fucking 40 degrees Celsius, which is hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's with the humidex. And I'm, I'm always thinking like, well, what's, I mean, obviously extremes are bad. It's a dumb question to say, what's better, too salty or too sweet? Because the whole premise of it being too anything means it's, it's bad. Like there's no, right. you know, it's, it's, you're saying it's too much. So like, what's the difference? But mm-hmm. when it comes to cold and, and hot, as shitty as cold is, the reason why I think it's better is because you can warm yourself without the need for technology. Like, if it's super cold, you can wrap yourself in blankets. True. You know, there's, like, tricks. Like, there's things you can do. But when it's super hot, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do without technology. Like, you need AC. You need cold water. You you know what I mean? Like, you need anything. You can give yourself, like, a cold bath. But even then, like, it, you know, it'll it'll warm up to, like, the temperature of the air or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, it's, like... true. I feel like in, in, in extreme cold, it's, like, there are things you can do that don't require... Basically, I'm saying the the blankets. I'm talking about blankets. (laughs) Yep. It's funny because every time there's there's a situation where I'm freezing, I'm always like, oh, I wish it was like, I like being hot better. And then if I'm in a situation where it's like really like sweltering heat and I'm like, oh man, I wish it was freezing. And you also, you need to drink and stuff. If I go for a walk on one of those super hot days, like just... It's like you need things like it's like you need cold water. You need like to fucking grab a thing of Gatorade and you want to pour ice cubes down your pants and stuff. And the thing is, I mean, like it's something I'm always doing anyways, which is why I'm usually fairly comfortable mm-hmm. in that I have like a, a pouch that uh, I put in my pants and fill with ice <laughs> to keep cool, if you know what I mean. Yep. Do you want to listen to a song? <laughs> yeah, let's listen to a song. All right, we'll listen to a song, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll start our review of season two of Black Mirror. Uh, here's a track by Data Stream. I was listening to this album the other day. It's uh, one of his older ones. It was uh, from the album Corruptopia, and this track is Headquarters by Data Stream.
right, and that was Headquarters by Data Stream off the album Corruptopia. And that is brought to you by the rest of my $10 Pattersons. There's Elias, Garnier, Poly Digital, Trevor Resnick, Power Loader, Digital Dreams, Hexenwork, and Fraser Davidson. And uh, we're still here chatting with Florence. We were supposed to start our review of Season 2 of Black Mirror, but of course... I sidetracked it to talk about ice cubes in my pants, so let's begin. <laughs> yep. Season two of Black Mirror. So as everyone knows, we gave uh, uh, season one a thumbs up. Season two started with an episode that features uh, Hux from Star Wars and also... What was the character he played in uh, Ex Machina? That was a good movie. Oh, yeah. That's I I've seen that movie too. Um I I forget the name of the character, but He's good that guy. Um, I like him. He's 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 got a yeah. he's a friendly looking dude. He actually um I my cousin kind of he kind of looks like my cousin. <laughs> uh, I I have a cousin that kind of looks like him and uh You've got a friendly cousin. Well, no, it's huh? like uh, he doesn't look exactly the same, but it's like when I see that actor mm. like uh, cuz I'm pretty particular when it comes to you know when people like say like oh you know so and so looks like this person and then you see them like no they don't Mm -hmm. like half the time it's like either fucking racist or you know like when people say i look like seth mcfarlane (laughs) and i'm like because he has black hair i mean like my hair is gray now like he's got a round head and like you know those little tiny eyes it's just like i don't we don't look the same but i mean like i have dark hair and so i think that's what people see like a a guy who smiles that has dark hair and i'm like if that's all it takes for you (laughs) to think that somebody looks the same like for me like i require i don't tell like if i see a doppelganger of a friend of mine Mm -hmm. i will not even say anything unless unless it's fucking spot on like uh, you know what I mean? And, and I expect the same of other people. Mm-hmm. Like, if they say they saw somebody that looks like me, I would love nothing more than to meet a doppelganger of me. It would make me laugh. I would use them in movies. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Like, people say, oh, that guy kind of looks like you. I'm like, no, he doesn't. I'm like, fucking... Yeah. But, but really, like, I'll be happy if you, if you fucking show me somebody and just like, this dude actually looks a lot like you. And I see them and it's like, yes... Yes, I agree. I I, they, I would be happy about it. I'm I'm not. I think some people find the idea of you saying somebody else looks like them offensive. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would I would love to meet a doppelganger of mine, and I just have not met one yet. Yeah, I I mean I had I don't think I've ever really met anyone who's like oh yeah like that person looks exactly like me because or just like in general not me personally but you're so like you look at yourself every day in the mirror. Mm. Maybe. Do I seem like the kind of guy who looks at myself in the mirror, maybe rehearses things to say, maybe like looks at myself from different angles and I'm not that kind of guy. No way. No. Okay. All right. Well, you know, maybe I was wrong. I I am that kind of guy. But um, (laughs) when people say that they look like somebody looks like them, it's more of a generality. What is that the word? What? What am I saying? Um, Vacillate. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely more of like a general idea or just like kind of one or two features of someone's face. But like, yeah, it's not good enough for me. I don't care. You're 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 apologizing for these people. It never is good enough for anybody unless like someone else's opinion is always like it's going to be different and they're not going to notice like the little nuances of your face. So like when when someone says like I look like someone like sometimes I get it and I'm like, OK, I can see I can kind of see that. But, like, I bet you if anyone ever says that to you, it's just because it's they saw another girl who was like 
like tall and had like long straight hair or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, it happens. It's cheap. I know. Those bastards. Like if I told a friend, like I remember there was this one day I went and got my hair cut and there was this dude in there that literally looked exactly like an old friend of mine who I actually don't really talk to anymore. He looked so much like this person that it made me uncomfortable because I thought it was him. Mm -hmm. And I was then rehearsing in my head how I was going to, A, like try to figure out why this person was there. Like, like, it, like, I, I began racing in my brain, like, like, well, that's him. He's there. I mean, like, now I'm going to have to fucking confront this person. And it wasn't until they got, like, within a foot of me that I was like, oh, he's got a pointier nose. Like, but that was it. And, and to the point where I was like, I wanted to take a picture of this person so bad. Like, I've never wanted to take a pr- picture of a person, like, more in my life. <laughs> And I didn't have a, an iPhone at that time. And if, if I had my iPhone, I would have taken some pictures, like, surreptitiously. Like, I just would have done it. I just would have fuck this. I know this is going to make me look like an asshole, but, like, this person needs to be documented. Mm-hmm. This is not a very good review of Black Mirror season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, I wonder how many times, like, someone has, like secretly taken a picture of you you know because I think like I was on the train once and somebody was blatantly taking a picture of me and I'm like like a perv no no it was it was like another it was another chick like just taking a picture of me not like super blatantly but she was like definitely pointing her phone camera in my direction I was like okay I'm pretty sure she's snapping a picture right now of my face what's what's going on like I don't know maybe she thought I looked like somebody like one of her friends so yeah i don't know it's really interesting to see like people's perceptions of others other people's faces what i was going to say about dom hall dom hall gleason who's general hux and he is in this first black mirror episode is um you were saying that he's like a friendly looking guy but it's funny because in star wars he's like they make him look like a little bitch no i like, hate okay look i i know you said you enjoyed star wars and that's fine mm-hmm. his character was bad like they treated that character okay. poorly because they made him into a joke. Yeah, like he was just a joke of the movie, and I and I just felt like it was it was weird. It was like I, I don't. I guess this is just a difference of like opinion, but I I don't agree with that as a way of displaying villains. Like it just it it feels wrong. It's like so why should I be afraid of this dude? He's like a clown. Like they made him a clown. Yeah, I mean, like his character's kind of useless. That was a directing choice because if you look at the way he acts in The Force Awakens versus the way he acted in in The Last Jedi, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it was a different performance. Like he was mm-hmm. he was really manic and insane in this one. Like he like he he, he was really over the top his mouth you he did a lot more acting with his mouth he always looked like he was about to cry Mm -hmm. like his eyes were like red and like his mouth really like he really extended it like every time he talked it's like his face was made of rubber like like i feel like the direction was just like you go over the top like times 10 now like that's how your character acts now yeah i'm I'm not gonna disagree with you on that because even in the first one like his most over the top scene is when he gives that speech and kind of has like a tear in his eye when he sees like the lasers shoot out of like the star killer base mm-hmm. and this movie was just like from the moment one he was like just a like a whining clown that was just anyway let's listen to a song okay <laughs> yeah we're doing so well on this black mirror review <laughs> oh yeah this is great all right uh here's a track by marsho uh, this is a cool one. This is a track called Like a Movie from the album Athlon Deluxe. 
Right, and that was Like a Movie by Marshaw off the album Athlon Deluxe, which I believe is like the album Athlon, except it's got more stuff. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Kai, Joe and Lando, Roman, Cunning Corvid, Bobby B, Dougie Fresh, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, The Rosconian, Night Raptor, Stu M, Dana Jean Phoenix, and Tristan Waits, and... Of course, we are still here chatting with Florence. Uh, we are catching up on Black Mirror Season 2, although we've made it this far into the segment without even talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's do a quick rundown here. Okay. We'll make sure we get to it. So, the first episode, the reason why we kept talking about Star Wars, I brought it up just because uh, Domhnall Gleeson... Or how do you say his name? Dom? Do you pronounce the N? I, I don't know. Anyway, he's Dom a... Domhnall Gleeson? Sure. Yeah, I feel like Madame Madame okay. Gleason, Madame Gleason. You know, he, you know, he's the son of uh, what's his face? That, that actor who's in, who I also really like. Oh, I, I don't know. Wait, let's let's find out. Not as well. His last name's Gleason. What the fuck's his first name? He's in the Harry Potter series. He was in uh, in Bruges. Brandon Gleason. Is it Bre- Brandon Gleason? I don't know. I think that's his dad. Yeah, you know, he's in... Uh, yeah, Brenda, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know him. He's in the Harry really? Potter movies. Oh, he plays... He's the one with the crazy eye. Yeah, okay. Well, I He mean, was also... He's the dad in, in 40... No, 28 weeks later. 28 days later. 28 days later. I think I, think I saw that. He's the dad and like... Because he's, he's another dude who's got like a friendly face. Mm-hmm. And he's like... And yeah, and it, that his death was sad because he's the one who like... He was there, like, kind of protecting his kid or whatever, and then, like, just one single drop of blood, like, fell from, like, a high-up thing and then hit him in the eye. Oh, gosh. And then, and then that meant that he would, like, turn into a crazy monster. Right. And he was great in In Bruges. You ever seen In Bruges? In Bruges is good. That's the movie with uh, Colin Farrell. Okay. And he plays a hitman. Maybe this is a movie that I should watch. Oh, it's good. It's it's funny. It's it's the director went on to like the writer director went on to make a movie called Seven Psychopaths. Okay. I mean, I've definitely heard of this movie. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's really so. good. It's like it's just one of those movies that just has like funny dialogue. It just has a few characters, mm-hmm. and basically, it's uh, uh, Colin Farrell plays like a, a hitman who is in hiding because he. Well, because something, and he's in hiding because of it. And then he's got this kind of mentor sort of character who's just sort of with him. And that's like the Brendan Gleeson character. Okay. He's ordered to go to Bruges. And uh, and so he goes there to the city. And then that's just what the the movie's about. But it's it's good. He, he meets a lady and there's some midgets. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to find out more about that. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Domhnall Gleeson, uh, he plays what, like, so he dies... He dies in this the first episode of Black Season Two Black Mirror. And then his wife, she finds out that she can like order basically like a robot. And they use all of his like instances on social media to create the personality of the robot. Right. So I think it kept el- escalating. So like at first the service was just audio. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, the first part of the story, it was like, he, she just heard his voice on the phone. Like they right, could talk right, on right. the phone to each other. And then later on, she finds out that you can, the service enhances and you can order a robot that, that was, that was more towards the end. And then I think, then she just finds it really creepy that he's, 
Was that it? Like that was the thing. She just she just yeah. she became creeped out by the robot, even though like it was. And then yeah. she like makes him jump off cliff. And then what happened? Like I remember it had like a weird ending that was sort of like weird and bittersweet because they had a kid, right? I think so. And then I think like the end of it is something to do with like I remember she like keeps the robot in the attic or something. Right. Yes. And the daughter like visits him and like he's just mm-hmm. he just lives in the attic. Yep. Yeah, it was good though. I liked that one. Yep. It was like it was mm-hmm. subtle. It was just a few characters and uh, sort of like bittersweet. Then the next episode. I still, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out if I found the ending of this one satisfying because it definitely had an, a twist that I wasn't expecting. It was kind of absurd too. This one was uh, this girl who's like running around this like kind of small town, and she's being chased and put through all this ordeal. And everywhere she goes, there's just all these like bystanders that are just holding up their iPhones, like filming, and they won't help her. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so confusing. And at first you think, like, maybe she's in some weird reality show. Like, it's some weird, morbid future reality show where, like, you people or contestants are put through, like, real danger. And, like, it's filmed by citizens or something. You know, like, that's what was going on in my head. Right. And the ending was weird because then when it sort of, it, it did this reveal. What was the, the final premise? It was like, she was actually a criminal. She was a criminal and then she was basically sentenced to go to undergo psychological torture and so they they had this whole elaborate thing where the reason people were holding phones up was because they filmed themselves like killing a a a girl or something and and so like all the elements of the torture she went through were things that they had done yeah so so she's she's basically in kind of like an amusement park and she's the main kind of like the main event and so these people who are holding the phones up they're just like kind of recording her like daily torture and her like trying to figure stuff out because like along the way she'll find kind of like a friend who kind of helps her out who isn't one of the people holding up the phone but there it turns out those people are actors and they that's their job to kind of like help her and like kind of move the story along and so she kind of like relives this story where she's like trying to figure out like why she um where she woke up and why she's there but the people who are visiting the park they're just filming her and then at the end she like ends up in a chair and she's like sitting in front of an audience and then the, I think like the actors come out and they bow and everything. And then they tell her like, yep, you're, you're a criminal and you have to like undergo the psychological torture daily. And it's awful. <laughs> the thing that I felt was sort of like a weird cop out or it didn't make sense. I'm just like, this seems way too elaborate for like one person's crime. Mm-hmm. Like, what about all the other crimes that are committed? Like, is this the idea that like, well, she's going to go through this and they wipe her memory and, and she lives through it again, like day after day. I'm like, yeah, what's the budget of, for some reason, the budget of, of this fell apart for me. Like why? Like, yeah, how is the, how is that feasible? Yeah. Like, cause the whole town, like the whole town was a prop in this thing. Like, you know, yeah. like there's like stores they would go to where like they're getting attacked and you know, there's all these, this, these set pieces, I guess. And there, like, there's no way this would happen in real life because people are way too cheap and way too lazy to make something like this happen. Well, at least not on a loop. You'd think like maybe one day. Yeah, no, and then that's she, true. And then at the end, because at the end she learned her lesson. Like, so it was, it was that typical Black Mirror thing where she realizes that she's a horrible person and did this terrible thing. And then they just wipe her memory mm-hmm. so that she can go through it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is like, the crazy thing about this was because she wakes up with amnesia and she doesn't know what's happening. Like, does she actually 
learn her lesson because like she, she for the, the entire episode she just seems like she's confused the entire time yeah I mean that kind of like adds another layer like is this like the torture that they want to inflict on her yeah you know because she doesn't know what she did until the very end and then like does she even believe it yeah so that I don't know, you know? I, I think to me it would just felt that the twist didn't work for me mm-hmm. but there had to be one because I remember as the episode went on I'm just like kind of getting mad at what I'm watching going like okay how the fuck does this make sense you know like (laughs) you know sometimes there's something that's so twisty that like you just start to almost get frustrated like going like well there's no way they can tie this up like Mm -hmm. because as the thing started to keep going yeah just it seemed way too fabricated yeah like just nothing made sense I mean like Mm-hmm. The simpler premise ones, I think, usually are better. And, like, this one just got so complex that I'm like, I just didn't... I don't think any answer would have been satisfying, like, because it, mm-hmm. it just got too, like, over the top that it was like, I, I wouldn't buy any solution. Then again, maybe that's what they were... Maybe that's kind of the point they were going for, too. Yeah. Like, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, like, with Star Trek, like, back in the 60s, everything was simpler, you know? And, like, now everyone... Like, they, they don't, like, check their disbelief at the doors as much. So, like, there's this kind of need to make things as complicated as possible. Maybe it's more of a commentary, not what she did, but, like, the ridiculous shit that in the future we might go through in order to torture someone, you know? I mean, it's an interesting idea. Just, to me, it, it didn't it didn't work. For me, too, like, I, this wasn't really one of my favorite episodes, but, like, I I can see kind of, like, where they were going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just wasn't as cool to watch, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's uh, listen. Let's listen to one more song, and then we'll we'll fucking finish this off. Yep. We'll 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 rush through it. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to a track here. This is Midnight Mantics. This one's called "You for a Lifetime," the instrumental version.
that was You for a Lifetime, the instrumental version by Midnight Mantics. And that was brought to you by my awesome $5 Pattersons, Rawl Pud, Barons of Santa Carla, Starlight Fisher, Timothy Pierce, Corey Valentine, Marco Cranendonk, Martin Larby, Facehugger, Brad Neiman, and Zychorax. And of course, we're... Blah, blah. We're still here with Florence. We're talking about season two of Black Mirror, and uh, we finally got around to talking about it. So the third episode was the one called, it's called the Waldo moment, and this was the one where there was this computer-generated bear, and then there's this sort of, um, was he like a comedian or something that yeah. he, he voiced the bear, and he's just crude, and and then the real sort of point of the episode is the bear gets into politics the problem is what starts out as a joke turns out that the bear actually has like a shot at winning the election and then things sort of like get serious Mm -hmm. you know towards the end when he's when the, the the actor who plays the bear starts to see what is happening he he wants to stop like he realizes that what is what's been created is a problem mm-hmm. but then by then it's too late when he decides he doesn't want to be the bear and he like he runs out it turns out they don't need him anymore because the public doesn't even notice that another actor just kind of like another guy just jumps in and pretends to be the bear yep and uh, by then it's like too late and then uh, and then somehow it fast forwards to like this dystopian society <laughs> like that was like the button on the end of that one is like <laughs> Yep. Yeah, what, what do you think of this one? Looking back, this is kind of the one that I remember the least. Mm. But I mean, like, it's this was released in 2013, and it's pretty relevant. <laughs> Are you suggesting because... that somehow the president is... Uh, anyway. mm. This is not a political show. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I liked this one. I thought it was all right. And uh, the actor who played the uh, the conservative leader was the... The dude on Game of Thrones who... Was it? Yeah, he was forced to marry Walder Frey's... Fuck, was it one of his daughters? Cool. Remember? And then he didn't want to go through with it because he was going to... What was it now? Remember? Because he wanted Jon Snow to marry one and then Jon Snow wouldn't. I would just like to acknowledge, yes, this is Andy interrupting the show. I'm interrupting the show from the future to acknowledge... That when I say Jon Snow in this next segment, and like I just did, I actually mean Rob Stark. I keep calling him Jon Snow, and it's not Jon Snow, I mean Rob Stark. So nerds, if you're listening and you're like, he's talking about Rob Stark, I'm talking about Rob Stark. You are correct, I say Jon Snow, but I meant Rob Stark. Alright, back to the show. And then when he when it turned out that he actually had like an attractive daughter, but then they offered up the uncle, or was it an uncle? Why do I don't know. They offered up somebody else in Jon Snow's stead, but but remember, Walder Frey didn't accept the deal, and then then the red wedding happened, and then they they kept him hostage. Oh yeah, okay, that guy, that guy, right? And then what happened to his character? Did they ever? Did they just bring him outside and kill him at one point? Like I'm trying to remember what happened to his character because he was in um. he was like kidnapped for the longest time. Like remember, there was like three seasons where like you didn't even see like Walder Frey or yeah any of the any of the like the aftermath of the Red Wedding like they just sort of forgot about those characters for like three years still forgot about a lot of those characters just yes whatever um no what happened to him god damn it 
You'd think that I'd know this. No, Game of Thrones is tricky because I love Game of Thrones. Yep. And there hasn't been a single show I think I've ever watched in history that I like so much. And yet whenever I talk about any of the characters, I refer to them as like, you know, the dude who, ah, you know, that chick who does the like, I can't say their names. Like, I don't remember their names. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember anything. I even I read the books like I read all five Game of Thrones books and I still cannot like remember anything and like I like I still I like the show better than the books because the, sh- the books are like they go off in like crazy directions which like what the show does is it like it simplifies everything yeah. and I like that and it's still really complicated mm-hmm. The show is so good, man. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Anytime anyone wants to give me that fucking book is better bullshit, I'm just like, fuck you. Like, you are really going to diminish, like, one of the best TV shows ever made yeah. with some stupid, well, the book's better. I'm like, okay, fine. You go read the fucking book, and I will go watch, like, one of the best TV shows ever made. Granted, last season was a little, was not my favorite, but, like, um, I, what I'm hoping with Game of Thrones, man... I feel like season seven moved in like fast forward. Yeah. And it really, it really skimped on drama that I had been waiting to see. Like, I didn't care about the dragons. It's just like I wanted to see certain characters finally get together and have conversations. Yeah, I wanted to see fucking Ghost, the dire wolf, not the synthwave musician. Mm. Um, I want to see Ghost too, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, from, wait, come on. Where the hell is the fucking dire wolf? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things like that. I, I just wanted like a satisfactory, like, I wanted to see a good uh, Tyrion. Um, re-meeting Braun, man. Yeah. Like, uh, and then and then they didn't even. They, I think, like the episode where they actually would have met, they they didn't even acknowledge that they had a conversation. It was just like I was like, what? Like you're gonna fucking pass over this? Like those were my favorite two guys in that first season. Like their team up was amazing. And then like season this season rolls around, and it's just like they have like two sentence conversation with each other. I'm like, okay, you guys are fucking rushing through some stuff. Mm-hmm. There could have been a whole episode of Tyrion just talking to Jamie. Yeah. Like just sitting at a table talking and I would have loved it. You know, I'm just like, I can't wait to see these two characters get together. What are they going to say? Yep. And then you don't even see what they say. And it was just like, okay, you guys are fucking going too fast. And so I hope to Christ that there is no story next season. <laughs> like that there, there, like there's no story. It's just, it's just six fucking feature length episodes. And the whole purpose is just one battle so that the episodes can just be full of characters talking to each other like and saying those things that I wanted to see them say to each other and I hope every character who dies gets a fucking half an hour monologue <laughs> those are my hopes for next season like I I cuz I don't want them to fucking I just felt this season was so rushed. I just want, I just, you know, any of the characters now you care enough about and they've been around long enough that if they get killed without getting to have like a fucking 10 minute monologue, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah, because that's the thing that they do is they just kill off characters without like any, I don't know, introduction to like their death. It just happens, you know? Yeah, and at this this point it won't be satisfying. Like I don't, I don't, oh God, yeah. I don't want to see somebody just like, oh, they get hit in an arrow and turn around and they're dead. I'm like, nope, nope. You make sure you fucking give them some closure because like mm-hmm. anyway yeah okay totally well listen okay what are let's wait we, we got one more episode yeah but we gotta stop this segment man we, it's going on too Damn hard it. whatever <laughs> well because okay. white christmas was a good one right so let's say we'll review that another time okay because I, I could talk about that one for a bit because it was complex and uh, there was lots of little stories in there and, i feel like i gotta rewatch that too because it, yeah, that was that was a good one. John Hamm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Jonathan Ham. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a lovely day. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, you too, Andy. All right. Well, you have a lovely week, and we'll fucking talk to you next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right, and that was Florence Bullock, man. Let's uh, let's do the donation of the beast. This is the donation of the beast. These are the people, of course, who donate to Beyond Synth, and they donate $6.66 a month. Because the Dark Lord told them to. And, uh, yeah. So there's Renton Brax, Lucas Ceballos, Blake Peterson, Carm, Straylight, Till Wild, Ken Giroux, Moose Nux, Orlando Rodriguez Neef, Street Cleaner, and Eli Arson. And, of course, Max Hutchings, Keeping Evil at bay thanks guys for your support uh i dig it let's listen to a song and then we'll go keep it 80s with uh marco merrick so how about this uh cool track by kick puncher yeah we're gonna listen to kick puncher my friends from the album horizon this uh track is called horizon (laughs) i like picking the title tracks apparently uh this is kick puncher
right, and that was Kick Puncher with the song Horizon. That's a cool track. Uh, we'll keep it 80s with Marco. I just want to see if there's something else I need to remember. Oh, yeah, there was a letter from uh, from Harrison Thaxton, who was writing a class paper on Synthwave, which I may have mentioned several episodes ago. He wrote a bunch of questions, and I answered them on the show for his paper. So, uh, here, let's do a quick uh, mail sack. Mail sack! All right, so this is from uh, Harrison Thaxton, and this is what he had to say. Hi, Andy. I am the college student who emailed you about information for the paper I was writing on Synthwave. I wanted to thank you for your help. I ended up getting perfect marks on the paper and an A in the class. My professor was very impressed with my ability to conduct research and reach out for sources, and even ended up playing a clip of the podcast in class. You can now say that your podcast has been played in an educational setting. She had to cut it out after the third fuck, but that was on her. (laughs) Thank you very much for answering my questions, inspiring me to write my paper, and for hosting a kick-ass podcast that helps me find new music. Keep on rocking, man! Well, thanks, Harrison Thaxton. The idea that you played my podcast in class is hilarious. I don't see this as being a very class-friendly podcast. But look, uh, thanks, Harrison, for listening to the show, and I'm glad you got an A in your class, man. So you can grow up, become a very successful businessman, and then become an angel investor of Beyond Synth. And you go to the Patreon, and you start giving me three grand a month. Ka-ching! Then I can start doing the show full-time, the, the, the real Beyond Synth. I mean, I'll probably need more than that, but uh, we just need a bunch of angel investors. So I'm putting my faith in the future. So Harrison, you got to be one of those cool people who doesn't go around on stupid university campuses picketing stuff all the time and actually just do your work and be a good person and then get a good job, you know, and then send me the money. Send me the money. That's the new catchphrase for Beyond Synth. Send me the money. Does this sound desperate? Uh, but seriously, folks, send me the money. All right, uh, let's go keep it 80s with Marco. Marco, And we are keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. Hello, Senor Andy Last. How you doing, buddy? Last Saturday, I fainted. You fainted? I broke a mirror and stuff. Jesus Christ, Andy. I was taking a hot bath, okay? Sounds good so far. And I didn't know this was a thing. Because, you know, I'm always, like, concerned that, you know, my heart does funny stuff. And yeah. Apparently... Everything is fine. I do have like sort of extra beats, which is what I feel like where it sounds, where it feels like my extra. Well, that's what it is technically. It's like your heart beats an extra time and then it pauses like one beat to like catch up. And then the next beat is like a big fat beat because it like all the extra blood. Anyway, mm. but I went and I, you know, I wore monitors and all that shit. And, and uh, like I do have extra beats, oh, yeah. but it's like, I guess some people are, are just more sensitive to them than other people. And so I just happen to be one of those people yeah. that's like sensitive to it so i feel it every time it happens so 
I was in the bath and I stood up and it was a hot bath. Like it was like super hot. Like it was basically like a hot tub. <laughs> I don't ever go on hot tubs. Like that's not a thing I do. Yeah. Okay. I stood up and I guess I stood up too quick. And then I just was like, oh, something's wrong. Like something felt wrong. And I'm like, I thought like it had to do with my heart because my heart was kind of beating funny and I felt kind of weird, like uh, uneasy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'll get in the shower and put some cold water on me. That's what I need. And then the next thing I know, my wife is like trying to pick me up and I'm on the floor of the shower and I'm like, I fell on this mirror and like there's broken glass everywhere. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know what happened. That's a picture of you naked in the shower with glass. Yes. So I I did like, I didn't cut myself or anything, but like I have a mirror I keep in the shower that I use like, because I'll shave in the shower sometimes. Okay. So anyway, I landed on that and, uh, shave my face just so we're clear <laughs> and i'm i'm on the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah sure, sure like, buddy. all right yeah, keep going <laughs> i just realized now, now that I'm, i say that I'm, I'm loud. I, I wasn't even i wasn't even thinking that until you mentioned it <laughs> well i just realized cause, you know because people don't usually shave in the shower yeah. right so it's like i mean that's what i do because it's because you want the um the warmth it, it's all about the the warmth it makes it easier to shave the warmth yeah that's why they, that's yeah. why they they you know, you put hot water and uh, mm. shave gel on your face and stuff like that, or shaving cream, right? But it's like the heat that. Uh, mm. Anyways, I forget why, what the reason is, but if if it's anyways. <laughs> so I woke up on the floor of the shower and like this glass, and I was just like, "What happened?" And then I fucking passed out again, again, because like my wife's yeah, she's trying to like kind of get me out of the shower because she saw me like just kind of slumped over in there, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I woke up again, and this time I was on like the bathroom floor, like looking upwards, and my wife was like, you know, like what's going on? I'm like, jeez. What is happening? And it and it turns out, and this is something I did not know, that that's a thing with hot tubs. It's like if you're in a hot tub, you're supposed to get up slowly because all the blood goes down to where like the heat is. I don't know if that's to cool you down or whatever. That's why when you're when you yeah, when you're in hot water, like your your mm-hmm. skin goes red because it's like the blood is actually going to the and so it drains and it's like so you have less blood in like your upper body because that's outside of the water. Yeah. And so if you get up if you get up too quickly, it's like there's not enough w- blood in your brain or yeah, whatever. No, I usually, I usually have to get up slowly in the hot tub too because the blood's in a different area. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's, it yeah, it's, and that's the thing too, right? Because I had this just this giant boner <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I was like, I guess all the blood was in that. It must be. Yeah. Well. It can be a problem. So, anyways, lucky my wife was around because, like, I would have been. Uh, I don't that's know what. Scary man. No, honestly, though, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, Jesus yeah, because because at first I thought it was a fucking like I didn't know that about hot tubs until later that evening when I researched it. So mm-hmm. right when I was fainting, I was just like. Oh, okay, I'm dead. Uh, you know, like, that's because I'm always worried about my heart, right? Yeah. And my heart was beating funny because, obviously, like, when the blood pressure is all f- off, you know, in your body, like, your heart beats funny as well. And so I was like, I thought it was a heart thing. And then I was just like, oh, and then I was on the ground. And then uh, but it turns out that's a hot tub thing. So there's a lesson. How hot was the hot water in the tub? It was yeah. really, really hot. Fuck. I hate that. I actually, I actually don't like it either. It's just too hot. I've been in hot tubs before, like spas, mm. and uh, well, we call them spas, but um, yeah. it's just so hot. It's ridiculous. It's really uncomfortable. It's, I don't know why people like that in the first place. It's like it's nice to be warm, but not fucking hot. You know? Yeah, it's not my thing, uh, and it's definitely not my thing now. <laughs> <Guess not. laughs> yeah, you won't be trying that again. I'm sure. It cost me a fucking mirror and pubes. Yeah, and pubes. <laughs> And it really pisses me off, too, because that's my favorite ass-shaving mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But I just want to say it's a public service announcement to anyone listening. Uh, If you get into a hot tub, get up slowly. That's it. That's the message, or else you'll (laughs) fucking faint like I did. 
like an idiot. Well, I'm glad that you're all right, Andy. I'm very glad that you're. <laughs> you know, if anything were to happen to you, I don't. I really don't want to be. People would probably look to me to take over the show, and I really don't want that, Andy. I mean, I'd probably have to in your honour. It would be the right thing to do, but I don't want to do it, so that's the problem. So just please, be healthy, all right? Yeah, and then I can I can watch over the whole thing like as a ghost and just watch the quality of the show slowly diminish. <laughs> or quickly diminish. It'd be pretty quick, probably. <laughs> if I'm gone, I imagine the quality dip would happen almost immediately. Like, there wouldn't be a gradual... Nah. It's all good, though. So, how about this, though? How about what? You want to account for your absence last week? What do you mean? Like, an explanation? Is that what you mean by an account? <laughs> I just had a lot of shit on last week, man. I, I, I couldn't stay up too late. That's all. I fell asleep on the couch. Hmm. Hmm. I had a lot of angry... Um, oh, I bet you did. Right, right. Yeah, people... I really got a lot upset. of messages here. I can I can read them to you. There, There's like... Uh, You're joking, right? Oh, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Jeez. Here's this one here. You know, where's Marco gone? What a fool. Uh, that's from what a fool. <laughs> Django. I got nothing. All right, Django. What did Lou say? Did Lou didn't even know? I bet Lou didn't even notice. No, I, he was too busy running. Like when he runs, he listens to the show, but I don't think he actually hears it because he's too focused on his run. You think there's something negative about the show that makes him run? I mean, you see how fast he runs. It's incredible. <laughs> he's like, he's, I don't think he's we're trying inspiring to, yeah. him exactly <laughs> with our fucking lingo. Yeah, Lou. Lou always runs uh, and listens to the show, and I imagine maybe it makes him go faster because he's trying to like escape the stupidity <laughs> yeah that's that's more like it I think it's probably more accurate <laughs> anyways man do you want to uh, do you want to play me a song sure I'll play you a track I got uh, I got plenty of good uh, beats this week talk about beats uh, oddling's got a new track it's been out for a little while but I really like oddling um, he makes music uh, qu- it's quite original um, 80s inspired stuff and uh, this track is no exception. Uh, it's called Ascend, and it's available on SoundCloud. Ooh, awesome. All right, well, this is Oddling with the track Ascend.
And that was Oddling with the track Ascend, Marco's first pick of the week. That's right. And uh, and that's a cool one. I think that's the first time I'm, I've heard uh, Oddling, so that's cool. Where have you been, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I've been. Shaving your ass in the show. <laughs> yeah, that's where I've been. Where have I been? Sorry. I've been fucking <laughs> fainting in the bathtub and smashing mirrors with my ass. That's where I've been. The uh, There's an album title for you how about that so someone make that their album title <laughs> fainting in the bath and smashing mirrors with my ass actually that's more like lyrics <laughs> that's more like lyrics yeah that's okay a, that's a great line that's Hold a great on. line for i'm writing chorus. that down give me a sec all i have is sharpies Sharpie. like you go to write with a pen and i got like a fucking sharpie that literally is <sighs> king size it's like a fucking like one inch wide fucking marker for like <laughs> like so you don't want oh, you don't want to be writing lyrics with this mate. All right, here we go. Nah, fuck that, mate. All right, hold on. So tell me, uh, tell me about your day. My day. Well, I've been I've been a bit a little bit hectic at the moment. Oh, I've been busy. Um, I've got to fly out tomorrow to uh, Sydney for the visa thing interview. So I'm just trying to get all the paperwork together. It's been a bit of a stress. Jazzy had to send me all the stuff, so I finally picked that up. The post office, it got here before, thankfully, and then I'm just going to go print a lot of shit and get it all in order, and it's pretty full on, but uh, it's good, it's uh, it's finally happening, mate. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that steak. Yeah, yeah, is that all you're looking forward to? Yeah, and, and the sex, I don't know what, <laughs> what it was. Well, I was oh, looking forward to some ass shaving tips, because I, I'm not the best at it, I keep cutting myself, so. Yeah, well, uh, tip number one, don't faint on top of the mirror. <laughs> Or else you'll break it. <laughs> I'm, I'm full of great tips. I, I got more. You are. Uh, it's good. Uh, it's good. I'll make sure the whole water's not too hot. Um. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. I had something to say. I can't remember now. No, we just had Australia Day here uh, a couple of days ago. So, What is Australia Day? It's kind of like... Do you have like a, I don't know, a day where everybody celebrates being Canadian or something? Well, we do have a day where we sort of, I think it happens in June though. We all walk around, uh, we put on sort of like wide-brimmed cowboy hats and fly flags with pictures of Paul Hogan on it. Is that what you guys do for Australia Day? Paul Hogan? Yeah, he's the guy who played Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, I know who he is, but yeah, well, no, we don't do that. Um, No, we just, some people have a flag. And it sounds like our Australia Day is a lot more Australian than yours. If we're walking around with Paul Hogan flags and you guys aren't. Paul Hogan flags? What the fuck's a Paul Hogan flag? It's a flag with a picture of Paul Hogan on it. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I know you're full of it, but no, it's probably like the 4th of July. I don't know. Like, uh... You know, there's fireworks, people drink. You kind of just celebrate being American, I guess. It's that kind of shit. You know, come on, man. You've got something like that. Everybody's got something like that. Canada's a pretty cool country from what I hear, so you, I know people celebrate it. Surely. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what goes on, like, during, like, Australia Day, but, like, for Canada Day... Uh, we do have a thing called Canada Day, and what we usually do, do yeah, is, like, we just all sit around listening to Yahoo Serious. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> do you guys do that yeah, over there for Australia Day? No, we don't. You're being very funny, though, Andy. It sounds like it sounds like our Canada Day is is uh, is a lot more Australian. No, that's funny. I'm looking it up. I don't see anything about that, Andy. Nothing about uh, Paul Hogan or Yahoo Serious. <laughs> <laughs> that's odd, mate. <laughs> why uh, Why is uh, Australia Day now? 
Was that when it was founded? Uh, yes, basically. And a lot of people, are, I think you're getting a lot of that in the Western countries. People are people are having an outcry about it. You know, it's, uh, they now people call it, I don't know, it's a joke, kind of like as a joke, but uh, sarcasm, you know, invasion day, they're calling it. So I want to move the date to another date, which isn't the actual day that um, they, white people invaded the country or whatever. So, But I thought they were sent there. Well, the convicts were, yeah, yes, yeah, the, the convicts were, sure. I don't, I don't fully understand the story. Like when people say it's like, oh, it's like this island of convicts. Like, were they sent there, and was was there a prison in Australia? Or well, there was people already here. There was people already here. There was there was indigenous people, obviously. I understand so. that, but like when they sent the people to Australia, mm-hmm. when I mean, I presume I don't even know if this is true that that you know where they say there was convicts or whatever. Were they sending them? To a facility in Australia? No, 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 no. They were just sent here to live, basically. I mean, it wasn't ideal. So they basically just said, like, we don't want you in England, so just go to Australia. Yeah, that's basically it. Right, okay. Australia's as far as we can fucking go, so take that spot. Nobody's, really nobody's there. Gotcha. So that's what they figured, yeah. So it's like that scene at, like, the start of Scarface, when, like, Fidel Castro is, like... (laughs) You know, we don't want them. And he, like, they send the dregs of the jails. And, and of course, uh, Scarface is among the people sent. Yeah, yeah. I know. And he's like, I can't kill communists for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Libertad. Libertad. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> uh, actually a good scene, that one. A lot of, it's uh, quite a uh, epic scene with um, the way it's sort of the... Anyway, that's, I'm not going to get into it. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> every scene is an awesome scene. It, and just the scope a... of it and the way it zooms in and all the people involved. I mean, it was a pretty big scene, so... Yeah. Anyway. You want to play me another song? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. That was a weird conversation, wasn't it? All right. Um, <laughs> what am I going to play next, Andy? I'll play... Uh, i got a track here from Ace Marino, and uh, his one's uh, called Communication. Sweet. Well, this is uh, Ace Marino with the track Communication.
And that was Communication by Ace Marino, Marco's second pick of the week. So you're telling me that because of the um, history of Australia Day, they just want to put it on a different day? Yeah, I think it's the same. Well, is it similar to what happened with... What's the day? Uh, oh, Jesus, Christopher Columbus Day? Is that what they called it in the States? Didn't they change that? Or I think Independence Day is like their America Day, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Which is July right. 1st. I think Canada... No, there's a July 4th. Canada Day is actually July 1st, I think. But I don't remember what Canada Day is about. It's just like... Because we didn't separate from anything and... Canada Day. Let's see what Canada Day is for. The enactment of the Constitution. Okay. So, 1867. Called the British North America Act, uh, which united the three separate colonies of Canada. So that's the reason for Canada Day. It's it's when they merged all the then three provinces of... Anyway, that's it. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, well, ours, uh, the Australian one is... It's not the day we had independence from England. It's the day that... Literally, the first boats arrived and colonised Australia. So that's basically the day that they... Apparently, it was on uh, January the 26th. So so people are calling for it, you know. These criminals are pretty industrious that they managed to do that in a day. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people say... This is what a lot of people say. A lot of people say, on that day, particular day, not that much happened, as in bad things to the... You know, it was later on. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a historian. I don't know exactly. I wasn't there, so I don't know the exact details. But... There's some pretty good arguments on both sides, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, there's just... Yeah. His, history is full of all sorts of awful things, and it's like you... It really is, man. If you go digging, fuck yeah, me. Like, there's always going to be these negative and positive aspects to... I mean, think about all the stoners, right? Like, they love 420, and, uh, and April the 20th is, like, stoner day, and it's also Hitler's birthday. So, I mean, like, you know, you Jesus. can't, you can't uh, win them all. Now, I personally, on that day, celebrate Hitler's birthday. That's my thing, because I don't smoke weed. It's a pretty big event up there. The uh, I only just found out about that recently. What? 420? What's all that about? This is a day everybody gets wasted. Well, it's a, you know, because 420 is like the stoner number. Like, you know, 420, bro. Why is that a stoner number, though? I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it is because it is Hitler's birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe that is the connection. I don't know. I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, it's like, well, if you look back, every day's fucked. You know, something happens. <laughs> I mean, it's... No, but literally, if you look back far enough, it's That's like, a great God, quote. <laughs> if you look back, every day's fucked. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we shouldn't celebrate anything. I don't know. Because bad things happened. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know where I fall on this whole thing because Canada yeah, Canada a has a similar thing. Of course, the states do as well, but but Canada has it as well. I mean, like, you, mm. you know, with what the uh, the uh, colonists and stuff like that did to the indigenous people. And so it's like, what do you do? I mean, like, because, you, you know, we didn't do it. So it's like... You know, it's it's just weird. It's like every every day or like, you know, you find out, oh, you know, people celebrate like certain prime ministers and presidents and it's like, oh, but, you know, they were also kind of a secret prick and like, okay, <laughs> so let's not anymore. Like, I don't get it. Like, everyone's a secret prick yeah. or just an overt prick. And uh, I don't know if you factor in like the time they lived, you know, like with some American presidents, how like, you know, they were great men, but they also had slaves. And so it's like. What do you do if that's what people did at yeah, that time? That's like, an interesting one. I know everybody did. I mean, it's just yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's yeah. tricky. It's like what do you, what do you do? I mean, like if if the time was fit, like was it just a different 
time. Because, you know, the way things are going now, especially like, you know, what happens in like 50 years time if it's like just the horrible crime of having winked at a lady mm. and then uh, and then you just got to like erase a whole bunch of people from history because like, well, in the 1950s, like he walked in and said, hello, ma'am. Like, could you believe that? He called a woman ma'am. And then, you know. <laughs> Let's erase him from the books, and then sooner or later we yeah. won't have a history at all. Exactly. Which, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's usually white people, too, you know. They, um, <laughs> well, they are the worst, Marco. They bring, no, no, I'm saying <laughs> that they bring this up, though, this, this issue. It's not usually other, you know, like races that were perhaps affected. It's usually white people that are virtue signaling. But anyway, that's another story. I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of like a... <laughs> Weird uh, accumulated guilt in their soul, or something—some sort of white guilt. Uh, that's what. Yeah, because there does seem to be a lot of people who are complaining on behalf of other people who don't give a fuck. That's the problem. It's like, yeah, and most of the time, those people don't give a fuck. It's like, well, hang on, who are you speaking on behalf of? Well, dude, because um, I mean, I only get upset when it's about trivial things. So it's like serious issues. I'm like, I of course because they're serious issues. But like, I remember, you know, when like Mario Odyssey first got announced. <laughs> And uh, there was a picture of Mario wearing a sombrero, and like there's this people on Twitter like yeah. complaining that it was raced like appropriation. Yeah. The best was just like the responses from like actual Mexican and Spanish people who were just like, "What do you? What? It's a hat! Like, it, you, like they nobody cared except I, th- I. What I remember specifically was it was this one white lady mm-hmm. who was like going like, "Oh, do we really need this? You know, like you know." wearing a sombrero I mean like like it was such a horrible thing and appropriating Mexican culture and like literally underneath her comment was like tons of comments from people going like actual like Mexican people going like hey I think this is cool he's got a sombrero like what's the problem And then meanwhile, you're sitting there and you can't join the conversation because, you know, you'll be attacked for some sort of thing. And meanwhile, uh, you just I'm just looking at the screen going like, it's a fucking hat. It's a fucking hat. You know, like it's all I could think my head was going to explode. That's so ridiculous. That a cultural appropriation shit, honestly, for fuck's sakes. It's a fucking video game. He's wearing a hat. Yeah. It's like, I mean, this is what's, this is what's sad. A lot of people, I think, they just don't have any struggle in their life or anything, so they're literally looking for anything to be outraged about. I mean, it's crazy. It's just weird, though, that people can't bandy together and focus on stuff that actually matters, matters, right? right? Because think about it. If you you actually assembled, like, a bunch of people to go, like, okay, well, what what really is bad? Okay, fucking, you know, uh, poverty, Mm. you know, people who get abused, assault, all this stuff, right? So it's like, listen, instead of sitting there on the internet complaining that fucking... The fictional Italian plumber Mario is wearing a fucking hat that keeps out the sun. You know, donate fucking an hour to your local food bank or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's always places that need, you know, volunteer work. I'm saying that as a person. Like, I don't do any volunteer work, but I also don't really do any fucking bitching online about dumb shit. But I don't either about stupid shit, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it's like, like if you really have that much time and and your heart is so beaming with with all this pain and agony for the world because Mario is wearing a sombrero, then I mean, like, you must be able to channel that energy into, like, anything useful. (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, we live in the age of virtual signaling, mate. I've kind of gotten used to Well, I don't think you really get used to it, but uh, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. Um, <laughs> it is really annoying. Uh, there's advertising. Uh, there's, there's that movie, I, Tonya. It's about Tonya Harding. I, I, I find that uh, incredible that they actually made a movie about it. 
And then I was looking at the comments in it. Mm. So, you know, Tonya Harding, how, you, you, everybody knows the ice skating incident, right? Mm. In the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, even now, I think it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty well known story around the world. But, um, so they made a movie about it, which I thought, okay, that's, you know. But uh, it's funny because I read uh, in a lot of the comments, like, people took their kids to go see it. They go, oh, I couldn't believe the swear words and the violence and stuff. I'm like, do you not know what happened? Like, did you think it was going to be a family movie? I mean, like, it's just so bizarre. Like, with the comments, I just go, like, what the fuck? And what world have you been living in? Dude, last like, years? people who go to the movies without any awareness. I remember I went to go see Fight Club with a friend. We were in the theater and we're waiting, you know, buying tickets to go see the movie. And in front of us was like an old couple, mm-hmm. like, like an old man, an old lady. And, and like, the old lady's like, looking at the fight club poster and like goes to her husband like what's that one about and he just sort of looks at her and says like oh it's uh you know just like some kickboxing movie <laughs> and i just remember just laughing my head off just like so for the rest of these people's lives like that's that's gonna be their interpretation of fight club is like this lady walks away like and the dude said it with such certainty too like it's a kickboxing movie <laughs> I just oh love the God, idea of just seeing movie. Fight Club and just like, you know, my favorite kickboxing film, <laughs> Fight Club. It's got nothing to do with kickboxing. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love all the things. Kickboxing. Uh, okay. Fucking kickboxing. Maybe he like kickboxer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, fucking kickboxer. Um, uh, well, listen, bud. Uh, play me uh, play me a song. All right. I can do that. Um, I'll try to play for you next. There's a new track from Holland. I can play that. Uh, I've played a few of his tracks on your show before, I think. I, obviously, is. uh it's pretty obvious that I like I like him a lot, mm. I like his music very much, uh, and he's a swell guy too. So uh, this is his new one, authorized user access. All right, unauthorized, unauthorized. Sorry. All right, <laughs> <laughs> big difference. Yeah, all right. This is uh, this is Holland with the track unauthorized user access.
And that was Unauthorized User Access by Holland, Marco's third pick of the week. And uh, we can probably wind this down for this week. Do you got any, uh, you want to say any parting words? No, I had something to say, but I'll say it next week. But uh, not really, just um, probably just the usual. Sorry, I missed last week. And uh, everybody, keep it real and keep it 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good catchphrase. And uh, don't sh- don't shave in the shower, okay, everyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. F- find a way to work that into your catchphrase somehow. Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of an afterthought, wasn't it? P.S. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that was Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick for another week. And, of course, that was brought to you by my awesome $5 Pattersons. There's Lee McConnell, Phil Clothier, Halla, Ross Pentland, Damian Rudies, Jared Glenn, Neon Knox, Tim Ross, Shell Vasquez, Star Nomad, Daniel Dexius, Christopher Albert, Ethan Hennings, and uh, rounding it out with the 617, it's Polar Wildcat Studios. Let's listen to another track, and then we will talk to Sung. How about that? So uh, here's a cool track from Pyramid Aeon. This is Nemesis.
And that was Nemesis by Pyramid Aeon. I don't think this guy makes music anymore, but he came up with one album, and I really dig the album. I've always thought it was really good. And that's all you need to know about that. So uh, now it's time to go to Perry, the lovely Perry. That's the way French people say Paris. And chat with Sung. Hey, I'm here today with Sung. Hi. How's it going, man? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, feel good. I said this on the show. Yeah, maybe maybe it was like last last season, but I feel like you have been one of those people who's made consistently good music that I've really liked. Thanks. <laughs> Sometimes there's certain names, especially in the synthwave scene, yeah. where everyone says, you know, when they say who their favorite artists are, and there's sort of a standard yeah. list of artists. Yeah. Maybe I was saying this to Marco, but I sort of felt bad because like, Sung is never one of the ones I mention, and yet whenever I listen to a Sung track, I'm like, this music is awesome. Like, you make really cool music that I like. Thanks. And so... I'm trying to make an effort to update my list when I talk out loud to people because um, especially the Overizer EP, the uh, the the remastered one. Yeah. Um, you know, when you put that out, I listen to that thing like over and over again. Like I think like every song on it's great. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks very much. This one will have a little bit less success, if I may say, than the, the first one, because um, the first one was very, you know, over-compressed. And, uh, it was my first EP, so obviously I didn't have the, the knowledge that I have today in the music production. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was afraid that the sound would might be too gentle, too clear, uh, compared to the previous versions, but uh, if you like it, it's uh, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it sounds great. During the course of this show, usually I like to play samples of people's music in the order that it came out. Yeah. But since you've done a lot of remasters, uh, you know, you'll release like a few uh, singles, and then there'll be an album, and there'll be like a remaster of <laughs> of that album later on. So it's tricky for me to know what order to play the tracks in, because in in most cases, I prefer the remastered ones. Just play the one you prefer, man. It's, uh, yeah, I mean... It's up to your taste, so... Yeah, man. Well, that's what I'm going to do. But anyways, dude, uh, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm pretty cool. It's the beginning of the new year, so I have a lot of things you know, going on and uh, a lot of things planned. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of... I don't know. I have a positive vibe you know, about, about this year, about this new year, so pretty excited. All right, man. I like vibes. Positive ones are the best. We were just talking before we started recording on... uh, We're talking about 
earphones because I've been complaining because mine yeah. are crackling and it's really annoying me. Do you use, like when you're walking around town, like you use those wireless Apple ones? Yeah, I use them every day. Uh, when I commute to work, I used to, to wear them uh, when I commuted to work because now I'm riding motorcycles so I don't want to listen to any music yeah. while I'm riding. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I use them every day and um, I feel pretty pretty cool about it. Good sound quality. It's, um, I was really fed up, you know, when I'm uh, working because I'm uh, I work as a furniture designer and uh, I need to draw uh, every day. And uh, when I had those previous ones with the wire thing, it kept, you know, um, harassing me with my my pen on the. I had the cable that you know was on my on my paper sheet. It was very very annoying. So now I don't have any wire, and it's uh, pretty comfortable. And I hear a lot of uh, people complaining about the AirPods that doesn't fit in everyone's ear. Mm. I'm afraid they're gonna drop off, but uh, they 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 stay pretty you know stuck into my ear. So um, yeah, I can run, I can do things. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for me, my issue is like I've always hated wired earphones, and I've always found them to be they're like a trap. Like they they defy the laws of physics for me because if I have earphones with a cable on them, yeah, they'll always fall off. Like those fall off my head so easily. But if I walk past a cupboard or a desk or a door handle yeah then all of a sudden the wire turns into like a rope that's super powerful and it can like pull my head backwards I have my friend name is Vincent uh, I remember one day he was uh, you know entering in the in the subway in Paris mm. and uh, while he was uh, passing through the gate the cable got stuck into the um, the thing that uh, prevent people from uh, entering the metro without giving any money yeah yeah his cable got stuck into the thing and his head just uh, smashed the, the door and uh, yeah it felt like unconscious for one or two seconds maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the it, thing is uh, wired uh, yeah headphones because I've never understood how the, the physics of how they can be on one like half the time they can just be pulled off my head so easily and then there'll be these other moments where the cable becomes so strong that it's capable of like pulling me around like if I wrap around a corner or something so I switched to wireless headphones I use some Bluetooth ones but I just bought these cheap ones off of Amazon yeah they work okay, but I find there's always a lot of like syncing issues. Like I always have to like resync them. It happens to me sometimes for for any for no reasons. Particularly, you listen to music on your um, on a desktop uh, computer, then you go out in the streets and you want to couple your your phone with the Bluetooth thing, and uh, sometimes it doesn't work like uh, instantly. You need to try one or two, maybe three times. So it's not a very big deal, but uh, yeah, it happens with the wireless. Yeah, like I love walking around listening to music i do like having a headphone on at all times but i find the problem with bluetooth is i'll end up on like busy street corners yeah and and then my music will cut out and it could be my earphones are cheap but there's certain street corners that i live near where i don't know if there's just a lot of bluetooth interference because there's so much going on but yeah there's occasionally i'll walk and there's certain corners where my music will always stop yeah you should avoid that corners man yeah. <laughs> the other side will go. I don't know. <laughs> That's the bottom line. We don't want to interrupt it. Um, we're going to keep talking, but we'll start playing some uh, music. Right. Some sung tracks, which I dig. These aren't really going to be in order of the way that they came out. These are just going to be songs I like. Yeah. But this was a cool track called Space Log. And in brackets, this is the 2017 version because this was from the album Rework or the EP. Right. And, uh, and it's a cool track. So this is Space Log by Sung.
And that was Space Log by Sung off the Rework EP. And I'm here with Sung right now. Yeah. Yeah, having a good time. So you you live in Paris, is that correct? Yeah, I live in Paris. I'm uh, I'm French. <laughs> it's been 10 years. Uh, yeah, 10 years already. It's, uh, yeah, time fucking flies. But yeah, 10 years in Paris now. So where, where did you live uh, before that? Uh, before that, for my studies, uh, I was in a city called Saint-Étienne. It's right beside uh, Lyon. Maybe you've heard about Lyon. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I've been there when I was young. It's near the, the, the French Alps, you know, kind of in the south of France, not the south for us, but it's in the, in the south area of France. So I was for one year there, and um, before that, uh, in another town called Villefontaine. It's like uh, the loneliest town in the world. I don't know it's, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty small actually uh, for my studies. Yeah. And before that, I was living in um, Saint-Imier. It's a s- small town near Grenoble, right beside the French Alps. Uh, that's where my parents live, actually. So, so you prefer Paris? Like you having fun there? Uh, yeah, I love Paris. It's a very beautiful town. I mean, it sounds very cliche to say all the stuff, but yeah, it's a very beautiful town. You have always a lot of stuff to do, uh, cool restaurants. You can eat any type of food from any country. And uh, I've got all my friends now that live in Paris. So I pretty love the yeah the city. Um, I miss my hometown sometimes because you know, it's totally different uh, area. It's more like the countryside. So you have more space. It's less stressful. It's um, you see the mountains and stuff. I love Paris. And uh, I always say like you, know, you love Paris for a certain time, then suddenly you hate it. So you go. <laughs> When you go away, you're like, ah, oh, I miss Paris. I want to go back. So it's a kind of love-hate relationship, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a very crazy, amazing town. Well, I think people, everyone needs that sort of balance. And I think it depends where you grow up, what you can tolerate. Like for me, I was raised in a small town, yeah. but our family traveled a lot. Like, so I have relatives in France. I've been there several times and like Europe and Southeast Asia and all these places I've been uh, like on these sort of trips and so as a kid I sort of experienced both things like small town life and city life and I appreciate them both for different reasons like so it's it's always nice to get away from the city and relax the city can be really noisy exactly but uh, at the same time when I'm in a small town too long Especially the one where I'm from. Well, yeah, where are you from, actually? It's hard to explain. There's this, there's this small town in Canada. Yeah. I live in Toronto, so that's where I am now. So. Right. And it's a big, uh, you know, a multicultural uh, city. It's got it's got everything, and it's it's sort of the hub. And then I uh, I came from a small town where they have. Do you know Groundhog Day? Have you ever heard about Groundhog Day? Um, no. Well, Groundhog Day. It's a movie, but it's also there's there's a few towns in North America that have it where on a certain day their town has like a mascot, which is a groundhog. Okay. This rodent, and it comes out of its hole. And if it sees its shadow, it predicts whether the winter is going to be bad or not. Right. It's stupid. Like, it's a dumb thing. But the town I come from is one of those towns that has, like, a groundhog mascot. It's something I never participated in because I think it's dumb. (laughs) But uh, for me, it's just when I go home, the small town can kind of drain my energy. Yeah. Since there's no activity around, like, when I get there, I always think I'm going to get a lot of work done because I'm going to have no distractions. Yeah. And then I start to slowly feel like my energy get drained because yeah there's not enough going on or something yeah i understand like an an invitation to just relax and enjoy the your free time and uh it's different when you're in a yeah big crowded city 
you feel all this energy that uh, is driving you. All the people that you know walk fast in the industry <laughs> just follow the you know follow the group sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes even though I don't really do too much, it's nice to know that there's stuff going on to do. It's a weird psychological thing. It's like I just like to know that there's stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the you know, the, the point when you I'm saying in Paris, like even if I just just stay home and don't hang out, don't see any exhibition or stuffs. Mm. I just love the the feeling of that. Like uh, I'm not doing anything, but things you know are busy outside. Uh, if I want to do something, I can do something. Yes, exactly. Maybe that's how I make myself feel better because I never do anything. Yeah, probably. It could be. <laughs> Here, let's listen to another track. This is another cool one from the rework EP that I dug. This track is called Gang Over by Sung.
And that was Gang Over by Sung. And I'm here with Sung right now in uh, lovely Perry. Paris. 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 <laughs> J'aime beaucoup la baguette. J'aime beaucoup oh, yeah. le... Yeah. You can't speak French, right? Not very well. <laughs> uh, well come on. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I always do. Whenever I have French guests on, you know, when I talk to uh, Dan Terminus or Perturbator, yeah. uh, I like to speak my terrible French. My main sentence is, je ne peux pas bien parler français. Well, that's pretty well said. Like, uh, no, it's like you're wrong. You're, you're lying, man. You just speak French. Come on. Well, because uh, uh, my mother is French, like uh, France French. <laughs> so uh, I, I get her to help me with the grammar. So if I say like, uh, yeah. hey, can you give me a sentence to tell people I don't speak French very well? Instead of saying like, uh, you know, je ne parle le français, rien. Or, you know, like, I can say it properly. So it's grammatically correct. But then I still can't really do too much beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, French—it's a—it's uh, a very complicated language. I mean, even for us, like we, you know, it's a na native French for us. But if we always do mistakes, uh, misspellings. We have this, you know, conjugaison things, which is pretty fucked up. That um, I can't do. Like that's the one thing, and it's funny because I always will get it wrong. I mean, you have a fifty-fifty chance. It is either masculine or feminine, yeah. like le or la. And every time I guess, I'm always wrong. Like, even though there's a 50-50 chance, I will always say the wrong one, <laughs> like, every time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's, uh, I think only in French we have this thing with uh, feminine, masculine. My girlfriend, she's Korean, and I try to explain to her, like, uh, a bottle, it's, uh, like, a girl thing, uh, yeah. a glass, masculine. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, very confusing, and I'm like, why do, do we have this complicated thing in our language? That's why I've always loved uh, uh, Le Cassette. Yeah. The the group Le Cassette, because it's, uh, it's not Le Cassette, but that's what makes it funny, I think. Yeah. So, when did you start uh, making the music? Well, actually, I started making music... Uh, since a very young age, um, I've learned the piano when I was a kid, but not the, in the academic way. You know, I, I had a private lessons, uh, and I, and I can't read music. Put me in front of a music sheet. Uh, I can barely, you know, uh, read the notes. I, I could never read sheet music and I, I took piano lessons when I was a kid. Yeah. And now if I ever try and play, I have to write the notes. There can be a music sheet and I have to write like, you know, A, G, B flat, like I have to write all that stuff on the page or else I can't read it. Yeah, same for me. And um, so my, my piano teacher, we, we did everything by just by ear. So he used to play uh, songs for me and um, my goal was to reprodu reproduce it. So I learned music that way and I had piano lessons for 10 years and after that I was kind of bored with the piano thing and I wanted to learn guitar so I went to guitar and it was you know I just you know uh, self-taught hmm. so I'm not very like a very good guitar player but uh, yeah, when I was 15 I guess yeah 15 years old my dad just bought this um, first uh, iMac uh, iMac uh, computer and after, soon after that the iMac mini so um, I started to use GarageBand yeah yeah that was when I discovered uh, you know um, electronic music so I started to create some uh, instrumental tracks more hip-hop instrumental uh, orchestral stuff kind of mix of everything mm -hmm. for some years and um, I really started to produce electronic music when I switched to Ableton uh, when I was 18 and um, yeah at first it was uh, French house electro electronic music when I saw the movie Drive 
<laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, almost like everyone in the scene, like when I saw Drive, <laughs> there was that track, you know, from college. Yeah, yeah. New Hero. And I was like, wow, man, that's a pretty cool track. Uh, I love that stuff. Like, I couldn't say if uh, the track was made in the past or nowadays. It was a very strange feeling, like something really retro inspired sound, but with a hmm. modern touch to it. So yeah, I said to myself, oh man, okay, that's uh, the music I want to I wanna make. So yeah, I started producing synthwave music uh, just right after seeing that movie. And I dig a lot of music uh, on uh, Spotify, you know, listening to Mitch Murder and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was it. I was, I was in. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I wonder if they understand how influential they were because literally like 80% of all people who <laughs> who make like this sort of retro synth music uh, all point to Drive. And pretty much when you watch Drive, it's not that the, the soundtrack or the score is not very 80s. It's basically just the Kavinsky song yeah, right. and the college track. And because the word Drive is written with that sort of pink scribbly font. Yeah. That like you know, it's so weird that like that's what it took, but yet it had that effect on everybody. It had that effect on me, you know. And you no, know, everything you thought was uh, cheesy or cliche from the eighties, and uh, when you talk about eighties to people, it's uh, always you know ninety percent of the time related to disco music in their mind. Yeah, and all this stuff, you know, people wearing uh, I don't know strange uh, fluo pants and. Uh, Dancing on on disco music, but mm-hmm. we, when I we I saw that on the on the screen, it was like, oh, the thing that I I once thought was uh, kind of cheesy and cliche from the eighties, suddenly you know got cool. Yeah, like uh, wow, it was so cool to see that on the screen, listening to that sound, and uh, I don't know, it is a cool film. Like I I do enjoy it. And uh, I don't know, I think all the the synthwave producers, it's. Uh, part of our childhood we grew up not especially in the 80s but in the early 90s and uh, this is something we got uh, I mean in us in our mind and uh, it just you know brings back all those souvenirs we you you can have about the yeah the, the 80s and early 90s so yeah but I don't know why everyone mentioned mentioned Drive or, or Tron but, yeah I should put together a collage of every single person that said, "Well, I watched Drive because like I could I could probably do like a whole like two hour episode of just that quote yeah, and sure, different people yeah. who said it <laughs> like it would be awesome." But you know, I talked uh, once with uh, Anorak mm-hmm. and when I met him for the first time in Paris, we were doing a, a show in the Battle Far for the Retro Sims Fairy uh, parties. Mm. Yeah, I told him like uh, the Drive movie, the College tracks. Uh, that's what got me into Sinswave, and he was like. Yeah, it's funny because we started to produce this kind of music a long time ago, like early in the 2000 and something. Mm-hmm. At the time, nobody really cared about. And now there is this thing and everyone, I mean, a lot of people now uh, have seen the, the Drive uh, movie and got into Sinswave. You know, surprised that the, the thing is getting more popular now than it was 10 years ago. No, it's interesting. And I mean, I wish I had known because this is like the type of music that I really love. And yet I didn't know about this stuff until I found it in like sort of weird convoluted way. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wish I did know like that these people were doing it. But speaking of which, we should listen to to another track here before we keep going. Here's a cool track. Uh, This was from the Auto Ran EP. And this is a track called Zodiac by Sung.
And that was Zodiac by Sung. And I'm here with Sung right now talking about drive and all that other stuff. So you said when you started making music then you were using the like an old iMac. Like are you still a Mac user? Um yeah, I, I switched to PC after that because uh, for my studies I needed a PC and I used to play games on it. So but for some reason I switched to uh, to uh, an iMac because I wanted to have a bigger screen. Hmm. And uh, I'd love the fact to have a uh, everything in just one unit like uh, something more compact compared to uh, having a screen and um, desktop tower and stuff i finally got rid of i used to be on a cycle of every two to three years i because i like having imax for the same reason i you know it's one plug yeah. i can take it around if i need to take it places and put it back in the box and it's like one thing and yeah. but i used to basically upgrade every few years yeah. every two three years i would sell the one i had and get a new one mm-hmm. and then the canadian dollar like turned to shit at some point yeah. and then the computers just got so expensive and so like i just upgraded again so I got a new iMac. I had to basically sell everything I own to <laughs> to pay yeah. for it. Your house, your mom, and then, you know, yeah, yeah, because it's so expensive. It's so damn, it's expensive. I know. I was just checking on the on the Apple website the the price for a new MacBook computer, and the, the thing is now like three thousand euros to get something good. It's it's insane. Have you seen? The price of the Mac Pro, like the iMac Pro? Uh, no, I just I don't even want to know. I think it's like five, five thousand euros, six thousand, six thousand. Yeah, so it's. I mean, I, I know in Canadian dollars, it is six thousand. I think two hundred, and that's for the base model. And so for fun. I like to do this sometimes on the Apple website to just... Yeah, all the options. Yeah, turn everything to maximum. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was 17,000? 17,000, wow. I think, yeah, with all the options turned up, it was it, it was an insane amount. Because, you know, you say, oh, I want a four terabyte solid state drive. Well, that's another like $2,000. And then it's like, yeah. I want to... Yeah. You know, yeah. all the the faster processor. Oh, add another thousand. You know, like everything you want to add is like an extra thousand. And now I just got my my new one. Mm. Now it's even a luxury to have the keyboard with the num pad. Yeah. Like now they they don't sell those anymore. Like that's you have to pay an extra forty bucks even if you want like a wired keyboard with a num pad. So you have to use their little Bluetooth like compressed one. Yeah, you have to pay for everything. Even you know the the simple uh, charging cable for the phones. It's like twenty euros. It's uh... yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. I use a mechanical keyboard, so it doesn't really matter to me. But like, I had to use the little Bluetooth keyboard the other day, yeah. and they they've compressed the arrow keys in a weird way. I don't like the arrow keys are like underneath the shift key, right? And like the up the up and down arrow keys are like thin. And so, like, I, I can't do it. Like, every time I, I, I fucked up every time, like, I just don't like the way that they've compressed it. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. That's neither here nor there. So then, do you still use Ableton? Yeah, Ableton, Ableton only. Okay. I've tried Logic Pro X because, you know, uh, it was a, a time when I I was ca- kind of uh, stuck, stuck into Ableton. I didn't make any progress and uh, I was like oh, okay if maybe to make better music I need to feel more comfortable with uh, another dough so I tried the Logic Pro X for maybe one one month and um, it took me more time to do the same things that I was already doing in Ableton like uh, I don't know just for simple sidechain compression compression on uh, Ableton is very simple you, you, you know you, you throw a compressor you 
you have this little arrow button on the left, upper left side. You just click on it. You hit the side chain button. You select the source and, and you're done. But on Logic Pro X, uh, it was very complicated for me. So yeah, I've just decided to stick to Ableton. Uh, another thing is I, I like, you know, the interface of Logic Pro X. It's more sleek. It's more uh, appealing, more sexy, whatever. So that was one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to try Logic Pro X. But, um, you know, after some thoughts, I was like, um, okay, no, just, just, it was a stupid idea. Just keep to the, the door you're, you're already master. And it was Ableton. And uh, yeah, that's uh, the thing. Uh, Ableton or Logic Pro X or Fruity Loops, I don't know. Basically, just it does the same thing. So just stick to the one you know and don't try to. I mean, that's definitely the key. I mean, I've always felt that way about, you know, anytime there's like some new software people get you to try and then you just have to think there's somebody out there right now Maybe they're like a graphic artist or something. Yeah. And they were making wicked stuff with like Photoshop 1. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always think about this every time there's upgrades because a lot of the software I use, because I do some video stuff and, yeah. you know, After Effects I use a lot and, you know, it's constantly get you know, they're on like version like 20 now or something. And sometimes when I'm sitting there struggling with trying to figure something out, I have to think, well, shit, like 10 years ago, people were using After Effects 1 and like they were making cool stuff then. Yeah. So it's all about just being comfortable with the software. And sometimes it's those little changes that are hard to get over because I use Logic to record this show, yeah. which is obviously not a very complicated thing. I've also made some tracks in Logic like just for fun. And, and I've used Fruity Loops when yeah. I was younger. And so sometimes it's just that simple thing of like on Fruity Loops, you know, it's really easy to just start clicking around, making a bead and like adding some notes and making a simple loop. And then in Logic, you sort of have to like define the MIDI space before you do anything. Like you have to say, okay, I'm going to make some MIDI notes and it's going to be from here to here before you even start like playing. Yeah. And I remember finding that to be weird because sometimes you just want to fuck around first. You just want to drop things into the timeline and see what it sounds like. The, the thing is, uh, I think Logic Pro X is good for, uh, they have pretty good you know, stock plugins uh, for making instrumental sounds like piano, strings, and uh, even you know, horns. It's very good. You don't have this in, uh, in Ableton. You have to you know, buy other plugins from other brands to, to have those... Uh, instrumental sounds but I think Logic Pro X it's I heard a lot of people talking about Logic Pro X it's good for mixing like they compose things in Ableton and then uh, bounce everything into Logic for mixing and mastering so it depends on on how you feel about the, the software yeah, yeah. you can do exactly the same thing you know using Ableton Logic or another though so yeah, yeah, yeah. to Ableton uh, and now I love it very much it's a very powerful tool you got everything you need inside Ableton uh, you can compose you can you know, compose beats very quickly. You can mix and master inside Ableton. And the thing is, it's pretty good for the, the live shows. Right. If you compose to, into Ableton and uh, just a small step away to into, uh, for making your set into a live set and you can perform, like, it's, it's pretty simple. I think I've heard other people say that as well, that like, yeah, that it's a little trickier with the other programs. Because I think the people I know, a lot of people I know actually do that. They do the Ableton for live stuff. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Hey, listen, let's listen to another track. I want to I wanna play a bunch of tracks from uh, the Overizer EP because I dig this one a lot. So that's what we're going to do. Oh, wait, no. I feel like there was another song I wanted to play. Oh. Oh. 
Collider. Fucking uh, Future from Collider. That's a cool song. That one. It's funny because I think this track didn't have you know, much success compared to the other tracks, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I like to just listen to it again and I'm like, oh, okay, it was not that bad maybe i don't know no i dig this one we'll we'll let the audience decide i think it's cool uh this is future by sung
And that was Future by Sung from the Collider EP. And I'm chatting with Sung right now. I know, I thought it was cool. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm really easy to please. I don't know. <laughs> that is like has a more um, maybe modern electro vibe than the other tracks. It's more like uh, there's this heavy sidechain thing on it. And maybe it sounds more modern in a way. I don't know. So right now then between like playing music and stuff like do you do like dj sets and stuff or uh, i used to do dj uh, sets before doing uh, my live shows okay because i thought it was a way to get into the, the live thing more comfortably you know and uh but i don't do dj sets anymore i mean it's uh i prefer to do live shows it's better to play your own tracks and uh, perf- performing live especially because for i um, mean to the crowd it's I think it's more engaging when you have someone that actually plays the music, take some risk and doing solos on the fly. So, yeah. So you're saying then you used uh, DJing, like you knew you wanted to perform live, but like you sort of eased into it by DJing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I wanted to do live shows, you know, since the beginning. It was something I was very uh, afraid of because I, I didn't have uh, any idea how to transform my uh, studio tracks into a, a live performing set. So it took me some time to, to make the, the effort to convert my tracks into playable live, live tracks. Right. So I did first by DJing. Uh, I've got a friend who was making, you know, parties in, in, into, in clubs in Paris. So I was like, okay, let's try to do the DJ thing first and see how I feel about it. And maybe in the future, when I'm ready, I will play my own live shows. So um, yeah, that happens actually one year ago. So I had my first uh, live show booked near Paris in a town called um, Saint-Germain-en-Laye. And the lineup was crazy. I mean, it was um, Perturbator and Carpenter Brut. Mm. So they called me and they said, okay, we want to do a synthwave event. Um, do you want to play? Uh, we have uh, Perturbator and Carpenter Brut. I said yes instantly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not ready at all. So I was like, okay, now I've got one month to uh, be ready for the show. So, so yeah, that was the reason I, I um, started to really think about the, the live Uh, process and uh, yeah it took me a lot of uh, efforts but uh, I was uh, happy to play at the venue and I think it was the best maybe one of the best thing I've done in my if I may say career (laughs) 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 okay no Uh, just move your fucking ass and be ready to play live shows did you get a lot of practice did you ever play that um, there was this DJ game on the Game Boy oh the 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 game Game Boy camera maybe I I swear there was a game (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking about this. It was like a DJ, it was like a music making game, but like it was on the Game Boy. But I had the, the Game Boy camera, and we, there, there was a game inside the, the Game Boy camera where we could produce. Yeah, music with it and maybe a DJ thing stuff. But no, I don't know about the DJ game on the Game Boy. I remember, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It was like, uh, yeah, because it had music notes and it was sort of like, uh, shit, there used to be this game for the Super Nintendo called Mario Paint. Oh, yeah. And Mario Paint also had like a... (laughs) like a really simple music maker in it but you had to use these like little stupid symbols for notes yeah and it was awesome uh but i'm trying to remember what the hell the game boy one was called i feel like the game boy one might have been called dj but it wasn't you weren't djing but it had the word dj in the title yeah um yeah i've never heard about that game but yeah we'll check it 
So, speaking of games, though, like, I, I remember seeing a bunch of trailers where there would be, like, a, a trailer for a game with, like, uh, some sung music on it. But have you had, like, music in games? Um, uh, the, the first uh, collaboration I did was with uh, Thomas Cole from Netherlands. And, um, yeah, he contacted me because he wanted to do, like, a mashup between um, Half-Life and Hotland Miami. So, yeah, he asked me if uh, it was okay to for him to use my tracks in the game I was like okay sure let's do this and um, the game got a good success and uh, in overnight uh, on my SoundCloud page it was crazy that was the first time I got like you know 40 40 followers in the nine where I was pretty wow that's that's crazy <laughs> that's, uh, yeah that game a pretty cool game actually from Thomas Cole and the second one was from um, a studio named Ruffin Games uh, from uh, Scotland I guess the name of the game was Fragment Frag- mental and uh, they used all my collider ep uh, all the tracks from my ep into their games and yeah it's a pretty cool stuff to do i mean collaboration uh, and seeing your your listening to your tracks in the game it's uh, it's pretty cool especially when you love video games uh, like uh, like i do yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't have the chance yet to produce a soundtrack especially made for for a game but maybe you know in the future we'll see yeah 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 well, listen, I want to listen to some more music here. So now we are going to move to the Overizer EP. This was the one, like I said at the start, like once it came out, I had this one on my iPod and I was always kind of listening through it. So we're going to hear a bunch of tracks from this one because it's uh, yeah. it's a cool EP. And um, this track is called Neon Artery by Sung.
And that was Neon Artery by Sung off the Overizer EP. And I'm talking with Sung right now. Yeah. Having a good time talking about games. So if you are a... Um, I mean, if you're using a Mac, then I mean, like, are you? Do you game on console? Well, I don't play games as much as I used to in the past, but uh, I've got the PS4 Pro, and um, yeah, I have of course GTA 5 on it, uh, UFC number two, I think, and um, on PS3 I used to play a lot of um, uh, the skate video game, but unfortunately they didn't make. Uh, they didn't make a new one on the, on the PS4 and uh, recently I got Resident Evil 7 which is a crazy game yeah. <laughs> I love that game it's a pretty strange feeling when you play to it because you feel uncomfortable and scared at the same time but the story the the environment it's it's uh, I don't know it's uh, pretty amazing And uh, but yeah on Mac uh, now I've got Counter-Strike like Global Offensive but mm. I play a lot and now I don't play anymore because um, I don't mind Mac for some reason is getting too slow. I cannot play another game in like full resolution uh, with all the options uh, activated so it's kind of uh, frustrating. So I just stick to console now. It's um, more simple when I yeah sometimes I go back home just switch on the, the PS4 for like 15-20 minutes. I play a little bit and then uh, you know just do something else. <laughs> Wait do you skate in real life? Yeah actually I, I uh, been skateboarding for more than 10 years that was my main and main goal in life when I was a teenager <laughs> uh, I skated a lot with my best friend Max, uh, Max. yeah so for 10 years skateboarding and uh, but I've got some injuries I've got my uh, left ankle okay, I torn my uh, ligaments on my left ankle so I had to stop for a few months and uh, after that I've got my um, LCA on my knee like my uh, left knee uh, my ligament was was just uh, you know broken so I had to stop uh, skateboarding for several years several years got a surgery and I started to skate again maybe you know, three or four years ago and uh, I twisted my ankle again I twisted my wrist so I try to keep you know skateboarding but it's Getting to be a little bit complicated to have the time for boring producing music, uh, the day job, and if I injure, uh, injure myself, uh, it will be complicated. I live on the sixth floor and I don't have any you know, elevator. Right. I need to take the, the stairs. Uh, so, yeah, I don't skate as much as I want to do. But, uh, yeah, I try to, to keep skating. Well, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a young man's game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. Like, what? You're skateboarding, but you're not 15 years old anymore. Why do yeah. you... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, it's, uh, it's a pretty fun sports uh, it's very artistic you can express your own personality through the, the tricks you you make but uh, yeah I cannot explain why but I just love skateboarding so much it's uh, you know, all, all of my <laughs> Instagram feeds uh, you know, Facebook it's all about uh, skateboarding and the people I follow on <laughs> Instagram <laughs> I know because I never skateboarded like I didn't really have too many like physical hobbies like that but now even as I get older I'm starting to understand more even when it comes like video games and stuff like why people just watch other people play yeah to me it seems so silly and my son's always watching these like Minecraft videos and stuff and I'm like why would you do that but then there's been a few times 
I mean, I wouldn't watch a Minecraft video, but like where I go to play a retro game. Yeah. And sometimes I, I feel like I just want to see the images and hear the music. Oh, yeah, I remember like Castlevania or something. And then so I'll boot up an emulator to play it. Yeah. Two minutes in, I'm like, I think I would have been just as satisfied to just watch somebody else play this for 10 minutes just because that's that's what I really wanted. I just wanted to see the images and hear the music. Yeah, just to have the, the feeling of those games. Yeah, yeah, because uh, sometimes I, I go back and go like, why am I fucking playing this? Like, I don't even want to, like, but I don't know. Yeah, I've got a Super Nintendo I, uh, I bought recently on eBay. And I don't know, I suddenly one day, you know, I woke up and I was like, oh man, I want to have that uh, console game again, the, the one I used to have when I was a kid. Yeah. So I bought the console, uh, I've got some Uh, old games that I kept. Sometimes just, I just want to switch. I, I, you know, I switch it on. I play for five, maybe ten minutes, and I'm like, okay, why, why do I? Am I playing this game? I don't really want to play anymore. But it's just you. you sometimes you want to, to have that feeling. The just watch the retro graphics, yeah. hear the <laughs> music, and uh, the, yeah, that, that's it. Lately in my life, I've put a lot more work into organizing folders and getting like retro emulators and all this stuff like I'll spend a lot of time on that <laughs> getting everything organized and then when it finally comes time to play I'm like meh <laughs> like, I, like it's there because I, I keep on thinking like to myself like oh I'd like to build like an arcade unit or something yeah um, and then just have you know like an emulator inside there but then I've talked to other people who have arcade units and they just kind of go you know it's a waste because like yeah. you, it's it's yeah. <laughs> It's exciting to build it and then have an arcade unit in your house, but then it turns out to be a thing like you never use and it just sort of sits in the corner. Yeah, it's um, in life, globally, it's the, the process is, is more interesting than the results a lot of time. Yeah, I still think it would be a fun project. Like, I think like just the uh, project of building an arcade unit would be cool. And I think once I'm finished doing that, then I won't actually ever do anything with it. It just depends, I suppose. It depends who you're with. The thought of uh, having the game available to play, it just, yeah, maybe enough, you know, for your own satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably what it is. Um, listen, I want to listen to another track, uh, and this was a cool one. Uh, this was uh, Skylane from the Overizer EP, and this is by Sung. Yeah.
that was Skylane by Sung off the Overizer EP. And uh, I'm chatting with Sung right now. So now you've played a bunch of shows now, right? Because did I see a picture of you in front of the fucking Tetris castle? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I call it. I don't even know what that castle is. I just know I, I call it the Tetris castle. I think it's called the Place of Blood or I, I, I can't remember the name. Are you talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> the place yeah. of blood is that what it is yeah it's um i've told the name on on my instagram on the picture and some russian guy told me man it's not the right name it's called differently you know, i've just got to check quickly the name of the place it's called uh no it's the church on blood uh jesus blood you know i don't know if, whoa oh okay 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 gotcha wait the the church hold on here now I'm going to do some research. <laughs> well, talk, talk a bit about your... Uh, you, you played some shows in, in Russia then, right? So yeah, tell me about that while I researched the Tetris Castle. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty cool experience. Um, you know, the, the Dimitri contacted me on Facebook. It's the guy from uh, Synthetics Records in, uh, in Russia. And he wanted to do uh, a, a Synthwave party. So he contacted me and uh, it was very, very cool to, to go there and, uh, and play. I never been to Russia before, so it was was my first time in the country and um yeah i was with uh, also with wave shaper alex from uh, highway superstar with um the singer sharon and uh, it was very very cool to to meet those guys and uh, they are really really nice nice fellas and uh, we had pretty great time you know it was a good atmosphere no competition between us it was very like a, a team going on tour so Russia was a pretty good experience. We went to St. Petersburg. Uh, we played in a, in a, it was a small venue, but uh, the, the venue was crowded. And when the Russian Synthwave fans go to a Synthwave party, it's like they, they give 100% in, like 200% in. It's, it's pretty amazing to see people wearing uh, cyberpunk costumes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, the, the show we did in, in Moscow was uh, yeah pretty great. The the, the venue called the, the Les Club. It's uh, it's really cool. They have a very nice Control One uh, sound system. The place is big, so I think two hundred or three hundred people came. Uh, it was was very very cool. Well, that's awesome. The, the theme of the party was um, Blade Runner. It was called a replicants party. So the concept concept was. Really fun and um, it was cool to have maybe Tom and I in more uh, powerful uh, electro sounding synthwave music uh, whereas uh, Highway Superstar you know he's got uh, his very nice uh, 80s feeling vibe and uh, with some vocals on the track so when you have a, a girl that sings uh, on the synthwave, synthwave tracks in the club it's it's pretty cool because it gives it a totally different uh, feeling because you used to play just electro, heavy electro music, people dance. But when you have a, an act when uh, with a singer involved, it's completely different. And it was very well balanced between more you know relaxed, cheesy. I mean, I say cheesy, but in a good way. Yes. No, I should clarify for the audience that I'm the same deal as when I use the word cheesy, I don't mean bad. Like there's there's cheesy music that is very uplifting and awesome. Yeah. Right. So it was very well balanced. And um, it was a good way to emphasize the 
the diff the personality of uh, everyone's music. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad that that worked out. Yeah, and you got to see the Tetris Castle. It says it, I, I look online. It says it's Saint Basil's is what they're calling it. I don't see any of this fucking blood stuff. Unless that's just like in Russia, there's like a weird translation issue. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the exact name is the Church of the Savior on Blood. Blood. Yeah. Blood Church. <laughs> All right, I'm fine with that. I'll call it Blood Church. That's going to be my new uh, <laughs> fucking Tetris Castle. I love. <laughs> they should just call it the Tetris Castle. Yeah, the Tetris Castle. It sounds fun. It sounds cool. I don't know if this was one of your posts or something that you were doing a like an album only using analog synths. Are you still doing that, or did you do that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember. Um, when I first bought my you know, my first analog synth, which is a core mini log, and re- soon after that I bought the, the Prophet Ref Two and the the Book Subsequence Thirty Seven, and uh, I was like, okay, I want to do an album just using uh, analog synth. But the thing is, um, <laughs> I love you know the the, the Korg Polysix and Monopoly plug in so much that um, there is some bass sounds in it that I love so much. And uh, I think I will maybe use use them as well. And um, I think it's hard to to say to yourself, okay, just let's do uh, an album using only that type of gear, only plugins or no plugins at all. It's um, sometimes you know plugins can sound pretty good. You can do plug uh, things you cannot with analog synths because we have the the Korg uh, Poly Six plug-in like i never make music like occasionally i'll make fucking joke music (laughs) where i just sing about titties and make some shitty song up the korg poly six like the default sound like that default bass sound or whatever the hell it is i forget what it's called is great like i love that sound i I, like without even tweaking it or doing anything to it like i just think it's just such a great baseline making when you launch the program it's called uh, maybe fat baseline or something and uh, yeah 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 yeah. Amazing. And the thing is, this plugin costs like only, I think, around 50, 50 euros. So it's, it's pretty funny because I've bought a lot of stuff, a lot of gear, a lot of plugins. And the one I use the most are probably the, the cheapest one. I, yeah. <laughs> the cheapest one. So the quality, the sound quality is great. It's uh, it's not overcomplicated. You know, it's uh, you've, you've got just a few oscillators, a few options to tweak. And it's pretty enough to, to make a, a huge uh, variety of sounds already. So that might be my favorite one, but uh, I haven't used them all. Yeah. I know there's some people who really like those zebra plugins now i used to buy a lot of plugins you know when i started composing music i was like okay i want to do that type of sound so i tried to play a plugin a synth plugin and uh and i sucked and <laughs> i was like okay i can i cannot produce the sound that i have in mind so maybe if i buy this new plugin stuff with a lot of presets in it i can find a base to produce finally the, the sound i want but the more i produce music and the more skills i uh, i get i'm just realizing i'm using less and less plugins and less and less gear i mean you learn to use a synth to know your gear to understand every part of it and uh, you just realize okay i don't need those 
from native instruments, the um, complete 10 or complete 11 ultimate thing, you have uh, tons of plugins and presets inside. I think, it's, I think it's, it's really too much. Yeah, whenever you're faced with a giant list of anything, it's always a way too overwhelming. What it's like when I'm on Netflix, that's uh, what it's like if I boot up an emulator and I see like, oh, I've got like 600 Nintendo games I could play and then you just end up doing nothing. I find like if you have a giant list of uh, plugins or presets, that you might just sit there all day, like just pressing the note over and over again and then cycling through them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and even if you find a cool one, you might go, well, there might be a cooler one mm. if I keep going. Yeah, it's, uh, it can be a, a huge waste uh, waste of time, actually. I mean, I guess this goes back. It's the same thing about talking about software. You know, if you actually know the thing inside and out, you know, if you have a powerful synthesizer you can make the sounds you want you know like you just have to know what the fuck you're doing with all those knobs yeah the the, the interesting thing is to think like um i'm gonna use this machine only and uh, this machine in a way will put a frame in which i can try to create uh, my own stuff so, i mean like you're following the machine uh, limits it's kind of in a the same in the, in the design process when someone tells you, okay, draw something, like draw, uh, I don't know, draw a chair. So you're like, okay, a chair, but it's too vague. But if someone tells you, okay, draw a chair that um, is made of, you know, wood uh, with a wood structure and uh, a leather, uh, you know, a forced thing, it's already got to frame some limits. Yes. And it helps your, your creativity and not get lost into the, the huge immensity of uh, the, the world. But maybe one, two, three plugins and two analog synths, it's pretty, you're pretty much covered. You can do almost any type of sound you want, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we can probably wrap this up. I want to listen to another track and then, uh, and then maybe we can sort of wind this down. This was my favorite track. It's called Overizer. And it is from the Overizer EP. And this one's great. I love the build-up in this one. This was like a super cinematic song. I listened to this one over and over again, this track. Yeah. But I just kept on thinking, like, how cool would this be in, like, a movie where there's something building? <laughs> but <laughs> that's, the, that's the, the extent of my creativity. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this song's awesome. It's called Overizer by Sung.
And that was Overizer by Sung. And I'm here with Sung right now, and um, we can probably uh, start to wind this down. Although you, you did mention it before we started playing the song that you you work as like a like you're a designer like what, what exactly do you do yeah i'm uh i work in the interior design company in paris and um i'm uh, my specialty is uh, furniture design so we work for a private clientele we we build you know private residences uh, hotels sometimes restaurants so we design everything inside i mean we floor materials do the walls the the lights the everything and um, we design also every piece of furniture that will equip those residences like the sofas the chairs tables lamps floor lamps uh, door handles everything and uh, yeah my job is to design and draw um, furniture pieces what software do you use for that we draw by hand a lot and uh, we use photoshop to take our uh, black and white drawing adding some textures to it some colors and uh, to have a nice uh, renderings i also use a program named cinema 4d for 3d modeling and rendering and uh, we use a uh, google sketch shop a lot also and uh, we have a 2d drawing program which is uh, called uh, vector works can this be frustrating because it sounds like the clients that would get your company to do this stuff sound like they must be like rich people so is there a lot of frustrating stuff in the process of designing a chair say and then someone comes back and like i want this leg to be thinner and i want this to be higher and like no actually the, yeah the, the good thing is uh like you said those people are pretty fucking rich if i can say <laughs> in money i i could never dream you know dream up but um yeah no the thing is they call us because they want the they want our style they want the company style so when they they want to do a project with us it's just like okay uh, i love what you're doing so just you know do the thing and i will I'll just i will just buy it yeah they pretty much trust us with our design and we don't need to like facing people that tell you mm, okay no i don't like this color i want this this shape a little bit differently sometimes people can say okay i don't want this uh, color i want some other materials but most of the time it's like okay yeah just all right it's it's uh, it's cool I, i'm gonna buy it <laughs> so yeah, well, that's cool yeah it's pretty yeah, lucky thing yeah that's my day job it's been uh, my my first and my yeah first and only job i got uh, um, so far but uh, it's been six years already do your co-workers know that you also make cool music uh they know that i make music i don't think it's their their type of, of music yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they know i'm, I'm producing music I, I'm, and i do this on the side and uh, when sometimes when i have uh, gigs you know and i have to take some days off uh, just just tell them that there's no no problem. I think my boss probably doesn't know it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love to keep separated the the, the day job and and the music thing. It's uh, because they are totally different, you know, different things. So I don't want my music to get in the way of, of my work. Yeah. So usually I try to be as discreet as I can about this uh, music project. <laughs> No, I understand. And you don't want it to work the other way around where you start writing songs about chairs. Uh, <laughs> never thought about, about uh, yeah, chairs while making music, but yeah, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, man, it was it was good to talk to you. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't uh, mention? Or um, No, just I'm pretty happy to, to have been on your show. Thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to, to talk to to, to people about your music because we don't have uh, no much occasion to really talk about this so it's uh, it's pretty cool thank you very much oh, no problem man was that a French ambulance that just drove by 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> French ambulance. Paris, <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Well, listen, dude. Uh, it was nice to meet you, and uh, keep making cool music. I'm a big fan of your music. Thank you, thank you very, very much. It was pretty cool. And that was my conversation with Sung. That was cool. He makes really cool music. Go check out his band camp because there's lots of awesome stuff there for you to listen to. And that is all for me for this week. So thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. And uh, tune in next time. To, i got to find a better way to word this last bit. Anyway, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.